Wakey, wakey, Iggy Biggy. Tis the Smart Coast Morning Show, blasting awesome sauce all over your interwebs. Oh, yeah. Welcome, everybody, to the Smodcast Morning Show Tuesday edition. Emily just turned down the microphone as soon as uh, the headphones <laughs> as soon as I spoke. She's like, ah, no, none uh, of that. She turned it up and was like, I like the music. Oh, Marty speaking. Turn it down. It's, it's really early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is actually 6 a.m. here. Yeah. Yeah, I know it might be 9 o'clock where you are, um, but for Emily. Yeah, for it, this is 6 a.m. Oh, well, thank you, Emily, for joining us. That I was afraid I was going to have to do this alone um steve is in uh hong kong right now and Ooh. bill just said can't make it and isn't that weird isn't that weird you said hong kong and no one made a racist joke <laughs> because you know why steve is in hong kong <laughs> steve is in hong kong yeah uh well thank you guys for joining us you can join us on the twitter that's at nooner dan marty at nooner dan marty or you can email us at nooner podcast at gmail.com Darren and uh, Tyson, they, they keep up the Twitter, I mean the Tumblr, which is at Tuesdays mornings. Just yawn right into that microphone. Yeah. Um, and that's Tuesdaysmornings.tumblr.com. Emily, you had a late, ni- late, late night last night. It was Monday night. Mm-hmm. What, what, what's the deal? It was my birthday yesterday. Happy birthday. Emily yes. just turned 18. Yeah. She's now legal boys. <laughs> um, and what did you do for your birthday? This is, God, I'm so, I should lie. Uh, but the truth is, I stayed up late reading Shakespeare with a bunch of nerds. Wait, you did a group reading of Shakespeare? Yeah. So, what what was the highlight? Uh, what was the highlight? Well, it's it's fucking Shakespeare. So you know, it's you know somebody the verb noun syntax being inverted. You know, it's like. <laughs> Um, it's not a real. It's not a real lively night. <laughs> well, w- did you play guard number two in Hamlet? No, last night I played. Uh, 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 who did I play? Uh, we were reading uh, Henry the Fourth, Part One, which I'm oh, pretty sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure everyone listening just fell dead asleep. Uh, no, I. I think you would make an awesome Falstaff. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get to read any Falstaff. Who did I read? I read uh, Worcester and uh, 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 oh Lord. Blunt, Lord William Blunt. It was kind of a quiet who, who night read, for me. Who read uh, Prince Hal? That was my friend uh, Dane. That's a Shakespearean actor's I name. I know, isn't it? There was. You should meet him too. He's uh, <laughs> he's everything you would ever imagine a Shakespearean actor would be, except he's twenty-one. So it's all of that in a twenty-one-year-old. And you're, but you're only eighteen. So yeah, yeah, yeah. My elder. I look but up to him. <laughs> did you go out at all, or did, was it all? No, no. I went out the night before for another friend's party, but I don't know. I've gotten to that age where eighteen, eighteen, where um, like birthdays aren't fun at all anymore. It's like you just, it's the day where you just want to hunker down and get through it. In fact, for most of the day, I had a couple auditions, but then as soon as those were over, I went home <laughs> and <laughs> shut all the blinds and just played Dragon Age <laughs> for several hours. Wow. That is... I was just like, and I turned off my phone. You know what? Treat yourself. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, good morning to Darren, Jadlin, John Harvey, Keegan, who's... Uh, um, Gesundheit. Gesundheit. Listening live for the uh, for uh, on a rare occasion, and also 
today's episode was supposed to be dedicated um, uh, to shoot. I should get the name up before I say his name. All uh, vamp. Happy birthday, John Harvey. It was his birthday yesterday, too. You're born on the same day. We're going to show up at the Morning Glories Academy together. What does that make you for a... Um, Zodiac? Yeah. Aries. What does that mean? It means you're a bullheaded... Well, not bullheaded. That's Taurus. We're uh, hard-headed and stubborn and uh, forwardly progressive and uh, leaders, which is so funny because it's absolutely nothing like me, but <laughs> except for the stubborn part. Um, Everybody's stubborn, kind of, you know? No, no, there's some people that aren't, but I do think it's a very modern You American would fight trait. against me in that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're wrong. Uh, so this episode was to be dedicated to Adam, um, and, you know, we will, but also we're supposed to... Um, Can we not dedicate it to Adam? No, no, we're going to do it. It's, it. it is dedicated to Adam. Is um, that something that just happens in your heart? <laughs> The dedication. Dedicating. Yeah, you know what? This is this episode is dedicated to everybody listening. How's that? In our heart. And now then, Adam's not special. And then next week we'll we will get Adam. Um, we will dedicate it to him, and we will speak with his wife. Oh, so that's what it. Oh, so we're gonna gossip about him. That's what dedicate <gasps> means. Yeah. We're gonna call up their significant oh, Adam, others get and get ready. all the dirt. I, yes, I dropped the ball uh, this week because that's what I do. But mm-hmm. um, that's respect yes. the format. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, yep. okay. So last week, mm-hmm. the Supreme Court voted in... Only uh, you would segue into news. Go well, on. Because I'm respecting the format. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, so there was a, a, a Supreme Court case about um, campaign finance reform. And basically, uh, Watergate happened in 1972. And in 73, the Congress passed. And basically, what, what happened uh, as a result of, of Watergate, it exposed that you're on right into that microphone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it exposed that Nixon had received millions in illegal campaign, uh, campaign uh, contributions. Okay. And so um, Congress put a limit on how much an, an individual could donate. On how many illegal contra- campaign Contri- yes, contributions. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, th- so basically an individual can give uh, today uh, $5,200 per candidate per election cycle. Okay. Um. But then Congress said, okay, we're going to put it in an overall limit of $123,000. So to, to any contributions to individuals or businesses or no or ca- campaign uh, uh, committees. Oh, okay. Uh, so um, it put a, a, a big cap on it. But it, uh, and then so the Supreme Court ruled uh, this last week that that was limiting free speech because money is speech. Mm. according to them. Okay. And they and they basically lifted it. So you could give instead of 123,000 if you gave to every campaign uh cam- like every congressional and senate campaign out there according to Elaine Kagan that would be like 3.5 million dollars um that you could contribute in a in a uh, election cycle. Okay. So the uh the Roberts court the Rob, uh John Roberts basically said that that was not a significant amount of money, three and a half million dollars wasn't. Oh psh, no, pocket change. Right, and said that it it wouldn't it, it if it it might give the appearance of corruption if you gave that much money and got influence, but it wasn't a quid pro quo. Uh, it, it didn't demonstrate quid quo quid pro quo corruption, like which is basically bribery. I'm giving you this amount of money, so you give me this. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and that a, camp, a contribution didn't constitute that. You could. I just America. You could easily bribe me with three point two million dollars. Yeah. I just want you to know. Well, and- I consider it a, 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 a enough. <laughs> and yeah. So if you want a bargain bribe. Yeah, exactly. And it's her birthday. So. And it's my birthday. Um, but and if you're the Walton family, you know, who owns Walmart mm-hmm. and you're, you've got like a bunch, a dozen cousins, you know, who all have billions of dollars, three and a half million dollars is a drop in the bucket. Yeah, it means true. nothing. And so if you wanted to, to collective, uh, collectivize your, your contributions, you could do that in, in, and there are there are lawyers who who have these these sort of campaign sub like committees that that focus these these donations. Now all of a sudden that power uh, is multiplied, you know, from one hundred twenty three thousand to three and a half million dollars, and they can do that now. Uh, and we we see it it's happening right now. Like so, what the the the, the most frustrating thing is that. The, the, it was a 5-4 decision. The majority said, like, it's not going to, you know, it's no big deal. This is just, this is, uh, Mitch McConnell said, this is going to be great for America because it opens the door to, for people to be involved in politics. Only if you can, millionaire, only for millionaires. Millionaires. Yes. yes. And Jesus. And our swipes. I know. And so Sheldon Adelson is a, he's a casino magnate. He's the ninth richest guy in the world. Mm -hmm. And he is now, uh, engaging in a campaign to eliminate online gambling because he's a casino owner. Right, sure. He wants to get rid of online gambling so people co- come to his sure. stupid casinos. And he, uh, so he has. That's idiotic. Wouldn't you, as like the casino magnet of the world, instead, like you got to move forward, not backwards. So why wouldn't you like just buy out all the online and see? Because he, he's in. And, yeah, th- no, he could do and that. And then just become the casino, online, online casino. Come on. Give me three point two million dollars, and I will give you all of the great business advice I have. I know. Wow, <laughs> oh, they're doing it wrong. But he has uh, he has don- he and his family have donated money to Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, mm-hmm. and Lindsey Graham is now sponsoring legislation to eliminate online gambling. God, and he. But what even what what legal right would you have to eliminate online gambling? Uh, that it's promoting like gambling is illegal in all you know most states oh so by it being over the internet people can right access it right and and it's and he, uh sheldon adelson his rationale is that gambling is fine but it can get out of control and this is going to corrupt society if you if you bring it into people's phones and their homes and you know cl- near kids that's hysterical yeah i love listening to people try to justify their selfishness <laughs> and so so now Lin- uh, so now the adelson family can go and donate all this money to people in congress and say oh by the way you know there's this uh this legislation and i'm going to give more in two years so just so you know there's this is happening so it's not exactly quid pro quo uh, corruption but it's influence and money it's, is influence. Yeah. yeah. So God, we're, what idiots? What, yes. what planet do these people live on? And meanwhile, they've listed. They've lifted. Uh, the Supreme Court has uh, lifted the restrictions. They've basically killed the Voting Rights Act, or have killed parts of it. So it restricts voting for poor people, old people, minorities. Okay. <laughs> and of course it does. Indirectly, I mean that, that now states are. Uh, they are able to uh, do this. 
And so that's limiting democracy, yet l- allowing rich people to spend money is opening democracy somehow. Yeah, and yeah. so now when we talk about the, like the, one of the big things that Obama's talking about is, is, uh, the income inequality and, mm-hmm. and rich people don't give a shit about income inequality. No, they love it. By and large. Yes. I, think, I don't think they don't give a shit. I think they're in favor. Right. Of income they, right. inequality. Yes. And, and this, by giving money more voice and limiting the voice of, uh, those who don't have money, it is killing our democracy. And it's, it's like, so, so people who come, there are a couple people who have emailed and called us, uh, or me specifically, uh, a whiny crybaby. <laughs> but I really think, and that's, that is true. Yeah. Uh, but this is going to have a horrible effect and we're going to see it. This and Citizens United, uh, it's going to just echo as, Time goes on, and we're, it's going to take a long time for us to recover from this. I agree. I think. I think. Wait, uh, can you just say that one more time? I, I, I agree. I have never heard that. Like I'm I've, sure. I've heard Steve say it once. Bill never. Dan definitely not. But we need to have like a, a, a an underlying loop of like birds singing and like sounds of like the sun shining because because. <laughs> That's, it's like it's happy time. I here. know it's it's like it's just the, the air feels sweeter and the yes, and the dogs are calmer. And the dogs are calmer, and the neighbor children look happier, <laughs> and the, the garbage truck is quieter. Yeah. Like, he's waving harder. <laughs> I think he's saying, "Run, run!" No, um, yes. Um, but so anyhow, I. I think I just want people to know that this is happening and it's going to get worse. And I would like you to know that you are now angry about something and there is nothing you can do about it. No, you can. (laughs) Well, you know, it's going to be incredibly scary. The next presidential election, a, how much money is going to be spent and B how, where, where that money is going, what's going to happen because of that money. And, right. Uh, and I, you know, there's a very good chance we're going to have an, an entire Republican Congress and president. Oh, God damn. And with a, with a Supreme Court that is skewed towards the conservatives. So, yeah. I, uh, that's that, I really, really hate conservatism. Like, that's something that's gotta, you gotta be conservative with your conservatism. Like, I understand conservatism is, 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 it has a, Place it, it is part of like a mechanic of a sure, functioning absolutely. society. I just feel that it needs to be much. It, it, it re, I mean, just you know, moderation in all things, and and we definitely need a lot of moderation when it comes to conservatism. I uh, had something to say, and it was a really important point to me, but I've forgotten it. Oh, here it is. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, don't fear, everybody. I always said that the person uh, most worthy of being in charge is probably one of the last people who wants to be. And uh, that's one thing that always concerns me about um, the way, the way uh, you know, elections run is that the people who want to be president are usually the last people you want to have as president because they're usually power-hungry, um, money-centric, um, sort of... You know, uh, yeah, egotists, narcissists, But also survival yeah. of the fittest, which I think is the worst credo you could possibly have to govern people. Right. But unfortunately, you know, it's one of those, it is, it is like if you throw a whole bunch of people in the ring, it's always going to be, you know, the person fighting for themselves that's going to come out 
top, which and, is and fine for individual in individuals that works, but when it comes to a society, that does not work. Right, and I think that's the system that we've created of where the the money is what is necessary for a campaign to to succeed. Mm-hmm. So, and then also people are are trying to prepare themselves after they get out of Congress. And so they become lobbyists and they also they get to keep that money that they've raised. So raising that money is, is becomes a huge part of being a successful politician. Ew. Yeah. And so you, there's, there need, so there's one argument to say like, okay, well, if you have all this campaign finance reform, then you've got people in corporations going, finding ways to finance stuff shadily and doing with lobbying and all that. But so then, I think then you just put more and more restrictions and so you can't and you put maximum transparency so we know what, where people are getting their money from and then we know that that there um and they, there are huge limits on it so that they're not like okay so in California right now there's a uh, three democratic uh democrats who are facing corruption charges uh, one who's been convicted of uh, fe- like nine felony counts and then two guys who are up on charges and they're going to they're probably. I'm guessing that they're, they're guilty. Um, they're gonna swing. But that's they. They are in a system that that where they instead of listening to the constituents, they're listening to the people with money, and that's what this does too. This uh, Supreme Court ruling, mm-hmm. because Sheldon Adelson in Las Vegas can give billions or millions to people in Arkansas, Maine, and California, mm-hmm. then he's no longer interested. Or, or the, those politicians are no longer in, interested in their own constituency, and they're just in it for power and influence and money. Right. Yeah. I, I, so we need a system that encourages people of noble heart to yeah to join the fight, and uh, and you know Obama's guilty of that too. Like he he has given Wall Street a pass, and he's um, but you know he helped. I think all of the many of these politicians, both conservative and liberal, have noble intentions um for to some part degree but mm-hmm. but then there are there are other things there are compromises that they make mm-hmm. to get to there where they are right and we should try to eliminate those and Great. there we go happy birthday emily that was my political oh. rant for you <laughs> thank you it's just what i wanted what were you drinking last night i didn't drink i haven't been drinking i've not been i've not been well i have a mystery disease and uh I can't seem to figure out what it is, and so I just thought, just in case, I'm going to cut out as much alcohol and sugar. Oh, that's boring. Yeah, it's really Um, shitty. It's really shitty. I was sick on New Year's. I was sick on St. Patrick's Day. I was sick on my birthday. And not for the right reasons. And not for the right reasons. What are your, do you want, are you, it's total mystery? I mean. Yeah. And is it very debilitating? No, it's, I get, it's, I get, uh, I have dizziness and it's been pretty, it's been pretty constant for about a month. So it's not like, you know, just when I stand up or anything like that. It's like, and it's really bad in the morning sometimes. Right, right. You missed last week because you were dizzy. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's not safe to drive sometimes. Is it like an inner ear thing? Um, we don't know. Oops. Sorry. Here, no, I'm gonna play that. This is what um, Will Wilkins, who puts us on the air every day or every uh, week, this is what he said today's episode is like. This is Leslie Gore. Sing along if you know it. 
sunshine, lollipops and rainbows. Da 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 da. I love this song. Will, thank you so much for sending that. Just to know that you are mine. Thank you, Will. (laughs) And uh, let's see. Do you want to go through some of the tweets that just came in? Um, Would it be possible, asks Christopher Brown, to pull up the producer-style scam of raising tons of money for a failed campaign? Dream big, Christopher Brown. I don't. If you put your mind to it, you can do anything. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's possible. Sure, why not? Um, and good morning, Chris. And good morning, Christopher. Um, any other tweets you want to go over? <laughs> Whatever you think is funny. This um, is this is your day. This, oh, thank you. Oh, oh, this is fascinating. Speaking of politics, either of you watch Black Sails? No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, 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 but I will now that the mentalist is going off the air. Oh, is it? Yeah. Off the air entirely. Yeah. Well, after this season. Well, no spoilers, but did you watch Game of Thrones? Uh, no, but I heard that there was sex and violence. Sex and violence. Well, I'm in. I, I didn't watch it either. I was at a, I was at a, I was at a party being social with human beings. Oh, wow. This is really sad. Is this guy, this guy who I know who is well beloved by pretty much every single person who's ever met him. To know him is to love him quite quite truly. And um, he he got into Sunday company at the Groundlings. Oh, nice. It's so, a big deal. Right. So for those of you who don't know, the Groundlings is a, a, an improv group. That's where Phil Hartman came out of, mm-hmm. a bunch of Saturday Night Live people, mm-hmm. uh, Will Ferrell. And I went through the program there. And basically, it's, um, it's four levels of classes that you go through. And it takes years to get through it because there's a huge waiting list. And it's very competitive. And they cut at every level. And then very competitive. And after that, then I got cut at at the last class, and then to get into the Sunday Company. Right. And the Sunday Company, you know, they do shows every Sunday, and it's it's a ton of work because you're constantly writing and you're fighting for spots to get to to get uh, your your sketches in. Mm-hmm. And it's a ton of work, and it's super. It's also really funny. I, those people are. Uh, Kristen Wiig was in the Sunday Company. Rudolph, what's her name? Maya, Maya Rudolph. Rudolph. Maya Rudolph was in the main company. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So, but it's uh, it's it's a great. It's very competitive. It's not, um, it's not a love fest like UCB. But mm-hmm. but anyhow. So the, your friend, who everybody loves, made right. it to Sunday Company. Congratulations. Yes. That's yes. awesome. Yes. And he was having just a you know his girlfriend who's his, his number one PR engine. Um, I gotta get a boyfriend so I have a PR engine because that's that seems to be the uh, it, just like your 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 uh, OK Cupid thing is publicists only. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she threw together this party and she's she's just like him. She's absolutely lovable and, and very social and very areas and. So she threw this party together, but it was like a week in advance warning. You know, like it wasn't like Sunday morning. She said, everybody come out tonight. She gave a good week advance. Well enough time for everyone to program their DVRs. Right. And still, like people even told him on the Facebook invite, not coming, have to watch Game of Thrones. (laughs) And I was just like, holy shit, people like, come on. (laughs) <laughs> but it's Game of Fucking Thrones. Yeah, but no. But I mean, yeah, but no. <laughs> no, 
this is somebody you care about who had a major life accomplishment. It's like, no, I can't come to your wedding. My favorite TV show is on. Come on. Yeah. Um, and I, just for the record, I do put getting into Sunday Company as important a cultural oh, that's huge. ceremonial Actually, landmark. Actually, th- that is a huge, it's probably huge bigger deal. Yeah. than a wedding. Um, yeah. yeah, and so from there, they, they call who's, uh, who gets into the main company. Um, but I think some of the funniest people are... Because the main company show is, is a brand, kind of like the, the Groundlings brand of like big characters and you know, it's sort of broad comedy. Not, not really my thing, but in Sunday Company, you get a lot more um, variety of humor. So mm. like uh, Kyle Dunnigan, who does uh, um, the uh, uh, Professor Blastoff podcast, super funny guy, he writes for Amy Schumer. He was in, that sh- he was in the Sunday Company. Mm. And it's, I mean, he's hilarious, and, but he doesn't have the brand of humor that would make it to the main stage. I and see. I think that he, he was, is better off for it. Right. You know, because as opposed to just doing like, I'm a crazy person. Like, but you also got to do your thing. Like if you're good at being a crazy person. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so, so Phil Lamar was a groundling and he was, he was great. And yeah. So it has its thing, but it's not necessarily my brand of comedy. Groundlings were the people uh, that stood on the ground for Shakespeare's performances. So there were the plebes who were just... That couldn't afford the, the seats. I want to make sure that's true because... Yeah. No, no, let's just go with it. That's how we work roll here. That's, respect the format. <laughs> yes. Uh, Michael Benhock says that you're pregnant, that your dizziness is due to morning sickness. Satan! I will have Satan spawn. Um. <laughs> They're bringing Rosemary's Baby back as a, yeah. a mini series. Yeah, okay, yeah, no, yeah, I was right, I was right. The Groundlings, I knew this, I knew this, but it's really freaking early in the morning. So it's either like... Like the ether provides me information, and I, I'm I'm not entirely sure if it's correct. But yes, uh, the groundlings were the people who paid a penny to stand in the front, in the in, uh, in the dirt. But I can and I can't s- afford even a hay penny. <laughs> a hay penny. Whatever. <laughs> not a hay penny. <laughs> I've heard hay penny. <laughs> um. Yeah. So congratulations, my dear friend Matt Key. Matt who? Key. Matt Key. Matt Key. He's a funny guy. He's Look also, out for Matt Key. If you see, but be careful, because if you see him, you will fall in love with him, because uh, that's the way he <clears> is. In fact, they even told him. <laughs> they said, we really want you in Sunday Company, because you walk on stage and everybody loves you. Aww. It's just his way. It's, he's also like seven feet tall. <laughs> that's hilarious. And, and yeah, lovable. Yeah. yeah. He's, oh, he's man. It was such a... When you, you go in for your final meeting with, with uh, the instructor in advance and they tell you whether you got in. And like all the company members have to see the shows. Mm-hmm. Like, and I just, it has to be a unanimous choice to get you. Yes. Like they don't have to take anybody into Sunday right. Company if they don't like anybody. And I had such a shitty show. And I was just, it, I did, just walking in just knowing like I'm not going. Like you do two shows in advance. First show went great. Second show was I was terrible. And mm-hmm. it was just such a bummer. Walking and knowing that you weren't getting, but it's sketches as well, right? You no, know, yeah, it's 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 sketches. like improv. You really never know, right? No, no, it's um, you do sketches and then you do a couple little improv things, but really it's about your your writing that gets you in, oh. you know. So, yeah, um, Allison from South Dakota, she wants to know what we think of Hannibal this season. Do you watch Hannibal? <laughs> no idea. Really? Um, it is, you know, it's. 
such an atmospheric thing and everybody speaks in whispers and nobody ever, you know, nobody yells and everything is really grave and, and, um, and snoozy, but it's still pretty good. I don't know. It's, it's, and it's so super gory and it's just like, how many ways can we dismember a body and show it on primetime television? Yeah. And so it's like, oh, they took out his organs and replaced it with flowers. And, (laughs) And it's very it's it's very striking visually, and yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, um, and it enjoys being striking visually. Uh, but, see, no, I'm not watching that. Jesus. But it, it, it what I respect about it is that they have. Um, oh, I have been corrected by the Englishman. It is hey penny. Yay! <laughs> I am a genius. Yeah. Um, but I I have to say that I do. Uh, really like it, and I think it's a good show, and I think the the writing is very good. Um, it's the guy who wrote Wonderfalls. Uh, oh, I loved Wonderfalls. Yeah, Wonderfalls was good, and there was no dismembering of bodies in it. That's why it got. That's probably cut. why I got the axe. Yeah, but it was actually, you know, it was creative and it was whimsical and it was invented, and I've never seen anything really like it before. Wonderfalls. That was a good fucking show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a that guy is a, a very. Uh, in I'm so disappointed guy. in America that you like will watch. Oh, I want to see. Oh, Hannibal. That's a that's an old franchise that I recognize, and people are getting torn up. That I'll watch. But Wonderfalls about something whimsical and creative where nothing violent happens, and it makes me like makes the world look like an inventive, creative place. No, I don't want that. I'd rather watch somebody get their guts torn up. And fuck you, America. And then eating them too. And then eating them. Yeah, fuck you, America. <laughs> Stop watching shit. Stop watching shit. Stop. Uh, I, I see why it's on the air. And Lawrence Fishburne is good. And oh, Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> okay, I'll watch it. <laughs> um, but and they're not afraid to do things with the to, with the characters of you know they've they've killed off one of the main characters. This, oh, good for them. Okay, that's know, they get kudos. And for that she well. was sliced into. Oh, God bits. damn it. And then, yes, and then parts of her were fed to people. Oh, come on. God, really? Really? This is considered entertainment? <laughs> Read a book! <laughs> I recommend Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, this weekend was the big opening of Captain America. Oh, I saw that. It Look was, at me. Look at me. I can. I, I'm actually oh up God. on something. She's up on pop culture because it was comic books and yeah, that. Comic books. Uh, Chris, Chris Evans is huge. Like he is like a bulky like yeah. linebacker guy. A very, like, uh, very appealing specimen. Well, if that's your thing, yeah. and I understand he's a very good publicist. Yeah. <laughs> what. What what did you think of the movie? And by the way, we might talk about spoilers. And um, so, if you want to turn it off for, I'll try not to spoil it. I oh, really... I'm 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 happy to spoil it. Oh, really? Millions of people saw this movie already, so I think we can. Yeah, but I don't I don't abide by that. You got you know you really don't want to take away somebody's movie experience if they were perhaps busy, um, with a birthday, for example. So no Game of Thrones spoilers, people. <laughs> um, I I enjoyed it. I thought I I really. I really liked all of the actors in it. I thought they were all lovely. Uh, I really liked... uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. I really don't... I really feel like at points they got bogged down in plot that they didn't necessarily need. Like, 
I think it's a thing in modern writing where they really like to get, you know, very twisty, turny, intricate, not even twisty, turny, but like very intricate and detail-y. And it's like, it's not necessary for this. You know, this isn't Inception. This isn't, right. this isn't a Christopher Nolan movie. I don't need, I don't want to spend my time struggling cerebrally to follow a unnecessarily complicated plot when really I just want to see Captain America swim that shield. And he does it well. Does he? And did you Boy like? Howdy. Do you like the first one? Yeah, yeah. I really like. I really, really like Chris Evans. Yeah, he's he's and a very I, appealing guy. The first time I saw him was in Fantastic Four, and I was like, "Oh, that guy's got to go." I thought like hey, that's he's a terrible, right? I was like, "That's a pretty boy with nothing else to offer. Right. He'll be he's a blip that's yeah. going to be forgotten in the next five years. Yep. Like, get rid of him and get him gone fast." But. When he showed up, particularly in the Avengers movie, because it was written by Joss Whedon, so he had a hell of a lot to work with. I just loved him, and I'm really impressed with him for being able to capture the sort of, um, just he's so affable. He's a little affable and daffy. Yeah. You know? And he's a little he's, lost. He's a little clueless. He's a little simple. He's a little um, innocent. And naive. and he, he can tell he can deliver a punchline. You yes. Know? Oh. Without, yes. um, yeah, but I, th- I think I th- that quality is really hard, particularly for young American actors to like, capture, especially when they're good looking, right? And they, just like yeah. blandly good looking, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, because yeah, like because I think I feel like what we expect from young good looking pretty boys is that sort of cocky, uh, and, aware, womanizing sort of, which is who he was in Fantastic Four, which and is it why didn't it was work on yeah, him, yeah, at it, all. it felt fake and. I'm looking forward to him in Snowpiercer, which is the the new. Uh, it's a Korean movie that oh. it's like based on a, a French comic book, um, and it, it's it's been out for I don't know uh, a good six months or so, but it hasn't come out in the U.S. Oh. So, but, but it should be it, the review, reviews have been really good for it. Jamie Bell's in it, oh, um, and I'm looking forward to that. Tilda Swinton. Uh, oh, I love her. Yeah, she's awesome. Oh, she's so cool. And it's basically about uh, it's a post-apocalyptic story about where the entire population of the world is living on a train, something like that. Oh, I'd love to see that. Yeah, um, the first Captain America was like very old-fashioned. It felt like an old war movie, right. and, and appropriately so. It took, right. takes place in the past, and this one was um, this Captain America was. Uh, it made me think of. Like that Marvel movies in the 2000s and 2010s are like what James Bond movies were in the 60s and 70s. Ah, uh, yes. So it's like they, they have a formula that they need to adhere to. Right. Right. And, and they, they have a, a universe. That they have. Right. And it's big and dumb, and, but super fun. Yeah, and I will give you credit for that. This is a spoiler. This, I, I consider this a spoiler alert. Um, but they do... They do uh, ruffle the feathers of the universe in a major way. That's going to have ramifications across every single Marvel right. movie. And, uh, Don't Agents, say it. Don't say it. No, that's, it a big, that's, a big, that's a big spoiler. Well, the, 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 they have teased it that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going through a big change. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah, they, yeah. So, um, have you been watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? No, no. And I, I, I'm torn because there's two arguments. One argument is I don't think it's a very good show. That's one argument. I watched mm-hmm. the first couple. I granted, I I didn't even give it half a season, but I don't, I feel, I don't like watching uh, bad stuff. Bad, tele- bad stuff, and it's also like television is. I I I do feel like it's a little bit of a waste of my time. Um, 
So I don't stick around and give something a chance, really. So, I mean, but alternately, the other argument that I've heard is we would love to have shows like if Agent of, of S.H.I.E.L.D. was good, like that's the show we've all been dying to see for years. It's been so, getting better. So everyone says you have to keep supporting it. You have to keep supporting yeah. it. Because if they take it off the air, they'll go, oh, this is a failure. We're not going to try it again. Yep. Just spin it, you know? Yep. So, I mean, I just... Ugh. <laughs> there you have it. Uh, Monica, a- what do you completely agree about? Oh, yeah. Oh, to- oh, it's a whole conversation. Look, I'm learning to use Twitter. Spoiler. She completely agrees that uh, my favorite brilliant but canceled is Pushing Daisies. Ah, she agrees. With me. Oh, there you go. Ah, look at that. Um, yeah, I, I think um, there are some things in the, the our Marvel movies. <laughs> There's a, th- a thing in Huffington Post a, there's a, a trope that they use repeatedly, mm-hmm. and um, there are many tropes they use. Yes, repeatedly. yeah. But there's one of just like a, a deception to the audience that they keep using over which and over. One? All right. Oh, uh, oh, 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 oh. Right. I know which yeah, one, yeah, yeah. and it's fucking irritating. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. absolutely breaks the universe repeatedly, and it's the most obnoxious trope in all of comic book history. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That said, uh, we won't we won't say specifically, but it's a really fun movie. It was directed by the Russo brothers, who also directed some episodes of Community, and that's why Danny Pudi had a a, the, a little cameo. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Now, see, I didn't get any of that. I watched it. I watched it opening night uh, with you know at the Cinema Dome, which I Cinerama Dome, Cinerama Dome, whatever. Which I've learned is Haypenny, Haypenny, the Haypenny Cinerama Dome. Um, which I learned is the second most famous theater in the world. Um, and, uh, next, of course, to the uh, Grommans. And uh, so, like, you know, these people would come on screen and they just looked like, you know, day players to me. And every, the whole audience would go, oh, 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 Right, right. Oh, that's, cop, 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 that can be really annoying. <laughs> and I was just like, what the shit? I'm, I, Did people I, applaud? It in- yeah. See that's what's that's what's fun about going like to. There's a really good fight scene. Everybody applauds. Yeah, going to a movie on opening night is really fun. Yeah, you know, sort of, I, sort of. It, it's fun because the energy is up. It's kind of obnoxious because uh, everybody thinks that because the energy is up that they can just talk through the whole thing. Oh right, right, right. There are these girls behind us. Just I know, I know every single thing that they would like to do to Chris Evans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I. I know exactly how they feel about Scarlett Johansson. Um, or yeah, no, they 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 were into her. They're she's lovely. In she's it. actually great in she's, it. She's yeah, she's really. I I never really connected to her as a character because she always sort of felt like the girl, you know, like oh, in the Avengers, she's the girl, and she kind of has that what is now becoming generic girl who can kick butt kind of stuff. And I right. think she really got to be. Uh, you got to see her and, and, and like her and see her as a person and see her in her off hours. And I liked, I liked her in that. She really became a character. So Chris Brown, he saw Captain America on Friday, then La Boheme streaming from the Met on Saturday. Listen to Chris Brown. He's just so cultured. And he runs triathlons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I like that post. and he said, it, it was funny how the nerds are like the snobs. Yes. I'm a nerd and a snob. Yeah. I mean, I am. I totally. think the same thing. Yeah. Being a nerd is is being having exclusive knowledge yeah. about something. It's specialty. Yeah. It's yeah. a specialty. And being a snob is, yeah. Specialty, like, yeah. Opera by itself, if you, if you play it to somebody who 
they it sounds like shit. You know, it's not necessary. Oh, I don't think so. Well, that's because you're a snob. Yes and no. Yes and no. I think I think if 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 some if you gave an untrained ear to me, I could easily play them some opera that they would think is pretty banging. It's just the problem with opera. I'm going to digress a moment. The problem with opera yes. is that because you're trying to sustain music over such an, a long period of time, mm-hmm. that you have like real slow parts you know like you have to you do have to get exposition out in an opera and it's just not fucking musical no like and it goes for three and a half hours you know yeah yeah, yeah. like the most beautiful songs in uh uh what am i thinking of um that opera by that french guy oh lachme uh-huh. Have nothing to do with the plot whatsoever. It's it's two women singing about uh-huh. it's two women singing about gathering flowers and a story the uh, the bell song, which is the woman in the street singing in the street in the opera. So in the opera, she's her character is performing. <laughs> so meta. Yeah, I know. So it's like the two best songs have nothing to do with story. Yeah, and uh, so you know, like to yeah, to throw somebody into an opera and be like, listen to this for two hours, you're gonna hear a whole lot of I'm just sustaining this note because I still have to sing when right, I'm giving exactly. information, and that is not necessarily pleasant. And no. so you have to be become uh, a, you have to become a nerd about it to appreciate it, and there ergo true. become a snob. That's true. So, you have to you have to listen to a whole lot of the greatest hits right. before you can endure sitting through the the linking. Material. And the same could be said with uh, about heavy metal. You know, it's like it's not necessarily pleasant, yeah. but if you get I into can't it, endure it. Yeah. Right? Oh no, you're so wrong. Yeah, I know. I, I, I would willingly listen to a, 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 a heavy metal aficionado. I'd sit down and have him show me the greatest hits. Yeah, yeah, I'd be, I'd be willing to learn. All right, all right. Well, that'll be next, next, uh, your next year's birthday present. Not about Hannibal, though. Uh, not, Lou Hannibal agrees with you today. about Agents of Shield. She gave up, and she found that the British girl, Kira Light, uh, was annoying. That's I so weird. Think she she's the, charming. Yeah, she was the one girl that didn't annoy me. She was super cute. Yeah. Um, and then Darren is bragging that he saw Captain America two days before us because. Um, snob. Yeah, see, that's what that's who snob. listens to the show. You guys are all snobs. <laughs> you guys are all and, snobs and nerds. and nerds, and that's why we love you because <laughs> yeah. we. And too, that's why you are of us. Yes, uh, we are snobs and nerds. So Yako, who is our listener in one of our listeners in Holland, he mm-hmm. co-produced or he produced and wrote a short film, and I sent it to you, but it was your birthday, and you were you were reading. Being a snob. Y- yes. Uh, <laughs> um, what is it? How does that big Prince Hal speech start? Where he's talking, Which one? The one that he's talking about how he's going to change. Oh, in the first scene? Yeah. He says that I will be like the sun. Yeah. Comes yeah. out behind a darkened cloud. Yeah. I don't know. All right. <laughs> That's the one. I hate that speech. I wish that speech wasn't in the show because it confuses everybody into thinking who this boy is. But it that's who he is, though. But... I think you you really run the risk with that speech if you don't get it, if you don't really nail it, of saying um, this is all premeditated and I'm manipulative, and he becomes sort of vil- he he risks become vil- becoming villainous if you don't nail that speech. Right, right, right. Um, <coughs> what was the uh, the the Keanu Reeves movie with River Phoenix? My own private Idaho. Yeah, I love that. Movie. Yeah, so he has that speech in there, River Phoenix. They it pulled that exact one. 
Really? Yeah. It, it draws heavily on Henry IV. Oh, my God. I'm going to watch that again because I hadn't read Henry IV when I'd seen that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, everyone, every, by the way, if you haven't seen that movie, it's a fantastic movie. It's amazing. Movie. But it also is indicative of how a movie can really crumple if you don't have strong actors. Yeah. Because <laughs> you have River Phoenix who was, he's just fucking amazing. Just amazing. And then you have Keanu Reeves who... Uh, you just sort of stare at in wonder. You do also stare at him in wonder, yeah, but for he, entirely different reasons. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like I like him, but I don't. But not in that. Like that role required an actor. Mm-hmm. You know, like a really yeah. Like he's a he's a movie star of sorts. Like, actor. Yeah. He was great in the Matrix. Like well, great. Is well, I think he was great in Bill and Ted. He was great. He was great in Bill and Ted and Parenthood. But um, mm-hmm. but it didn't. Ruin it for me in that movie, but so ah, God, it just like there's that one scene. I just this God that one scene where River Phoenix is trying to tell him he loves him, and they're out uh, at the campfire. Yeah, yeah, and it's you like I remember because the the way it's shot is you get singles on both of them, uh-huh. and you get like the single on River Phoenix who's just amazing and captivating and absolutely makes this reality real and then it cuts to keanu reeves and it's just like you could have cut to like an infomercial and <laughs> or, had about the same yeah and had like the same sort very, of emotion like in the scene a very handsome rock and <laughs> yeah and it was just like what am i looking at oh river phoenix what is that oh river phoenix you know <laughs> why do they keep cutting back why to- do they keep cutting back to this completely irrelevant thing uh, yes and it's like, oh, come on. Like, I'm really sad that Keanu Reeves was cast in that movie. Because I think and that him, River Phoenix OD'd. Yeah, well, both of those things. Yeah. But like, pertaining to that part of time. Oh, right, right. Uh, just because uh, I think it, it could have been really great if you had a phenomenal actor in that but role. But in retrospect, do you see the parallels with Henry IV? I'm seeing that. I, I have to review. I'm going to watch that. I'm going to watch this sort of like at home. Oh, good. Because that's really exciting. Uh and oh t- yeah, Falstaff with the with the right. oh, and he turns his oh my <laughs> god, you just blew my mind. Would you look at that? Oh my god, I love that movie even more now. <laughs> Everyone should see that movie. That movie is great. Well, except for <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Except for Keanu Reeves. By the way, uh, he's a listener to the show, so I know you're oh. listening, Keanu. <laughs> and I apologize uh. that. Th- the, her reviews do not reflect the, rev- the, the views of the entire uh, show. I stand by it, Keanu. I stand by everything I said. <laughs> so uh, Chris Brown writes in, uh, I saw Yako's film. I thought it was great. And so uh, did a friend of mine. A lot of potential for further stuff. Well, you know, I love foreign films. Yes. And everyone, uh, if you want to, go tweet to um, Yako at Yako824. Want to see it and he'll send you a link, I'm sure. Um, he it's a it's a, a, a sort of a, a thriller of sorts a 13 minute thriller and it was really well done really beautifully shot and um high production so, value high production value excellent actors and so congratulations well, Yako. get it foreign, so of course they're good i know <laughs> and and handsome um Arr, yeah i think accents. there's a, a lot uh, i think it's it and it's his first film too i just spat almost hit you sorry about that Ooh. Um, that bullet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so congratulations. It was great. It looks amazing. Um, and, you know, I produced back in the 90s three uh, short films that were shot on 35. Mm. Um, and each of them cost anywhere from twenty to $30,000. And none of them looked as good as 
the, what you can do now and as well as Yako's. And so yeah. really, really uh, well done. Um, and yeah, it's like, they didn't look like shit, but they didn't, they, it's, you can do amazing stuff right now. And I think it's a great time to make short films because, you know, you can, you got these GoPros that you can attach to anything and they shoot, you know, 4k and, uh, you can shoot multiple frames. Um, second, we're about to get a, another dog, by the way, who's going to just come in and visit. So if you hear noise, that's what's happening. Um, and then another like, dog is actually coming in right, to yes, this room in like, right now? In like 30 seconds, yeah. Oh, my God. And, uh, and then you've got these quadcopters. You know, these, have you seen those quadcopter cameras? Uh-uh. Uh, well, they, they, these are like consumer-level things that can fly up in the air and do these amazing sweeping See, shots. Oh, wow, you can get like a Vista shot. I'm yeah. Oh, <laughs> you should come in in just a second. Okay. Um, and then you can do amazing stuff in After Effects. All these people are doing amazing videos yeah. and you can do great very uh seamless special effects and um and then but and then it's like so anybody with access to a half decent camera 35 millimeter or whatever um and a, a decent story should go out and shoot stuff yeah but write good scripts good scripts yes. first and rewrite rewrite <laughs> rewrite so if i had any notes at all for yako they're like they're personal like i I felt that there was a lot of handheld stuff in there, and I'm not a huge fan of of over too much handheld. It's just I find it distracting. With it. my vertigo that I've had, yeah, exactly. I like, can't watch anything unless it's on a tripod. And then, but yesterday, I drew. Um, oh my god! Look at the size of that one. Oh yes, I'm gonna. Oh, she's big. Yeah, I'm gonna send her out home. Oh, look at how happy she is! Though she's the happiest doggy ever. Oh, she's also huge. Oh. Hi. She's, what is she? She looks like a German Shepherd um, goober mix. Are you, is that what you are? A German Shepherd goober? Bubbles, a goober Shepherd you, you Bubbles. Bubbles What's her name? Bubbles. Bubbles. She's big. She's a bit of a tank. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, as of yesterday, you can get a Steadicam. Mm-hmm. For your GoPro for a hundred bucks, you know, so it's like you know you can study that camera if you want to, uh, Yako. Uh, but no, I mean clearly it was a stylistic choice to, to mm-hmm. go heavy on the handheld, and that's I, I get it, and it looked great, um, just not necessarily my thing. The other thing is, um, uh, like I have a thing about length of of uh, short films. That's the tricky question for every short film, right? So I was like, I wrote a bunch of short uh, I was doing a, a web show or trying to develop it and with and I gave it to Kruger and he's just like three minutes is too long it should just yeah. each one should just be like two minutes at yeah. max you know that that's that I I push back against that because uh, I demand more of people than two minute attention spans like I, yeah. I will not give in to right. people who only have attention span for two minutes like that's fine if you're gonna watch a cat jump and miss a Aww. sofa yeah, <laughs> but like, but if I want, if I'm gonna like read a narrative, I want an actual developed story, which I don't think you can get uh, in under five minutes. Yes. So, I, well, that's not true. I've seen thirty second shorts that are really. Have you seen the thirty second shorts? Uh, I've seen. There's that what five second shorts. Right? That's it. That's it. Yeah. The five second shorts. Yeah. They're hilarious. Those are really good. But it's like I, I and you also, see what people can do in vine with vines in six seconds. That's amazing too. Right. 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 So it's not like you need to have time to. To tell a good story, but it's like 
Well, I think you need to, you need a, an intention when you make a short film. It's like, right. okay, is it just a short film for the sake of a short film? Mm-hmm. Like, I have a thirteen minute story, and I'm, right. this is how I'm telling it. Or is your intention to get into short into film festivals? At that point, uh, I don't know how it is now, but back in the day, like the things that got things under eight minutes mm-hmm. were much more fun to watch than a fifteen minute short. Um, yeah, and it's yeah. it's easier to get programmed if it's shorter too. Yes. Uh, yeah, and it's also easier to get into festivals. Like they have a whole lot of restrictions on festivals. Like, like you you have to fit in a certain category. And yeah, yeah. Time when it comes when it comes to shorts, you really gotta look at your script and see what you can do because inevitably, if you have like a, a I would always do this thing where I would write seven pages and that would equal ten. Because okay, all right, hold on. Yeah, before yeah, I get good, ahead good, of myself, before I get ahead of myself, in script writing, it's presumed or it's it's uh, it's <laughs> Sorry, uh, Marty got up, and I and and I feel like I'm I'm alone at the mast, and I, I got nervous for a moment. Um, in script writing, one page of script is supposed to equal one minute of screen time, and that is really flexible because if it's a page of dialogue, it will usually go faster than one minute. If it's if it's action, it will usually go much much. It will take much much longer than one minute. So I always, if I wanted a ten minute short, I would try to get the script around seven pages because they always balloon because you will always, particularly when you're in the editing room, you will always go, Oh, but this shot is so beautiful. I need to look right, at right, it for right. five more seconds. Kill your babies. <laughs> yeah. 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 So if you, if I put it around seven minutes and I usually get the, the rhythm I want. Seven. So you try to it, like the script has to be super condensed, which a whole lot of people don't want to do because you do have to kill a lot of babies. I'm helping. I'm actually script consulting right now, Marty. That's how I'm paying oh. my rent. Is oh, really? Script consulting with uh, a bunch of their newbie uh, script writers wanting to write a zombie film. And they chose me because not only have I gone to school for this script writing, uh, but I have... Uh, <laughs> but I'm a, I, I know a lot about zombie movies and I've studied a lot of zombie movies. Uh, zombie we need movies. to talk more about zombie movies. Yeah, and so that's, that's the main thing that I'm trying to say is you've got to write under. Like, you want to write over because you want to get all those jokes in, but it's like... You have to really uh, economize your 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 time and what's on the page, and you got to really you know knit that shit together and right. make it succinct. Totally, yeah. and I think uh, um, so. If you if you do want to get into festivals, shorter is always better. If you ever you you're looking at a festival schedule and you're like you get to the one that says like thirty minutes long, you're just like fuck. I have to yeah. sit through like because yeah. if you don't like it, it's gonna just drag. Um, yeah, but. Um, and then if you if your other intention is to show off that you're a, a great director mm-hmm. or a good like a great filmmaking team um that could do a feature that is uh, uh, I think shorter is, is better too and to focus on production value right. as opposed to a a full story. But you got to have a good story. I don't care sure. how good your production value is if your story is shit you have nothing. <laughs> right. So there's uh this Argentinian guy who who uh, named Andres uh, Muschietti, Muschietti, who he directed Mama, the Guillermo del Toro produced film. I haven't seen it. Oh, that's it's, right. I haven't seen it because it's a horror movie. What, you don't watch horror films? I can't anymore. I get so but, legitimately scared. And it's not fun scared. It's like... But you, you're a fan of zombie movies. Yeah. yeah Go figure. Yeah. Well, I even, I'm kind of struggling with zombie movies nowadays, but... Um, yeah, no, it's like I watch anything scary and I immediately want like the shock blanket and I want to you know, oh, but that's the fun curl up it. in the back of a of an ambulance. So this guy, he made a three-minute short for called Mama. 
and uh, and Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro saw it and wanted to make the make turn that into a feature. And if you see it, it's a it's a masterfully made short. It's three minutes long. It's is it scary. Uh, it's, I imagine it is scary. It's scary. And yeah. it's just one continuous shot. Ooh. Yeah. And and it, there there are cuts, but we don't see them. You know. Right. Like, and it's and so you get through in it, you get to see that here's a guy who knows how to move a camera, knows how to create mood, and and he's got these two girls who are very uh, good acting. I mean, good actors. So it's it's a great calling card. And then there's the third kind of short, which is. Um, something that you want to expand into a feature. Right. I still feel, though, that you've got to make it short. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So if you've seen the the short that got turned into Saw, mm-hmm. so they, they made an eight-minute short mm. that got turned into uh, Saw, uh, and it, it it's great because it shows you all the elements you need to see, oh, I can see this as a feature, and then they got their million dollars to make turn it into a feature. But it's... Uh, you know, it's got the character in it. It's got a couple. Uh, they they spent a lot of effort on some production design elements mm-hmm. that made it very uh, th- that made it stand out. So you're like, oh, like it's. They're not saying like he, he, we know how to tell a story. They're like mm-hmm. we have we know how to tell a story, and because the editing in is very good too. And here are the elements that make it different from any other short. So they've got the weird puppet. They've got the crazy like machine that you know takes people's jaw off. And <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, and so so it it was very easy to to extrapolate from that. Like, oh, the, the, I see the feature there, and mm. like it or not, yeah. Uh, I like the first one. Yeah, they delivered on that. It was and, very scary, though. Yeah, and they turned it into a, an effective uh, franchise. So, um, oh, it's top of the hour. Oh, um, go. Podco podcast yeah, it's a show with the internet. It's the Podco Smomo Mojo Network. Yeah. Tinkle, 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 tinkle. <laughs> <laughs> See, we don't need any sort of sound effects. We don't need Bill or, yeah, or sound Bill. effects. But yes, I think you're right. Like the script has to be good and take the, the time to do it uh, to make it. And rewrite, rewrite, rewrite. Yes, and edit, edit, edit. So God, Darren will not let us get away with anything. What did he say? Like correction, correction, correction. No, it's good. I like it. He what says you... in writing you must kill all your darlings. Said William Faulkner. Oh. We, uh, I'm sorry. Did I pronounce that right? Is it Faulkner? Or is it Faulkner? It's Faulkner. Is it Faulkner? You better correct me, Darren. Uh, um, well, you can... we say kill our babies because yeah. that's what we do in America. <laughs> that's what we. Yeah, that abortion is legal. Yep. <laughs> For now. Um, uh, yeah, if, if you you should search on the internet if you want to see um, the saw. All these movies are online. Yeah, Evil Dead started as a short film, um, but uh, Evil Dead also Evil Dead also started as a uh, feature and then became another feature. <laughs> yeah, and then became a, a franchise. Yes, and a video game. Mm. Um, but no, then then there's if you just want to tell your story, mm-hmm. then that's that's great too in a short film. If you if you have a, a a great story and and so Yako, you have totally succeeded. It's great and um, so I, yeah, I don't know what your intentions were in making it, but as a story on its own, it's it's good, good. and people should see it. Good, yes. I'll and totally watch. Ke- it. And you should totally keep uh, making more because I want to see more. Cool. There we are, <sighs> top of the hour. 
Um, so I have just. Oh, I just got asked something. I got asked. Okay, question. go, go, go. I got asked a question. I saw it here. Let me go. I have an answer for it, and I don't know what it was. Somebody asked me, oh, what were my favorite web comics? I don't generally like web comics because I, uh, I really like to hold comic books in my hand. I can't read, I can't read digital comics well, very well. But okay. there's this one web comic. Yes. And it's, it's, it's for mature audiences only, very much so. But it's also my kind of humor, and I think it's hysterical. It's called Ogloff. If anybody has heard of Ogloff.com, it's all about sex, but it's fucking hysterical. <laughs> there it is. Oh, I love it. Um, that's OGLAF.com. And it, it, it is not safe for work. It is not safe for work. There is, there is nudity and there's just sex of all different kinds. Wow. It's, we learned something new about Emily today. Yeah, but read it. It's funny as shit. And it's, uh, well, it's, I would say that... Web- it's, and it's, it's, it's also, it has a... It's very um, nerdy. Very nerdy. Right. Well, I, and I think that's the key to a, a good uh, webcomic. Sex and nerdiness. Sex and nerdiness. Sex and nerdiness. Yeah. Uh, the oatmeal is funny. Um, yeah. Uh, I think webcomics, uh, the ones we're talking about are single panel things, yeah. you know, or not single panel, but one page things. And that, mm-hmm. I think that is totally uh, a really great medium for um for us because we have such short attention spans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if there are like web comic books that, that are popular out there. I don't know either. Um, Let us know if you, if you can recommend a good oh, web, web one, comic uh, book. Earthworld? What is that? Is it Earthworld? That one was really don't know. It, it was really nerdy, but it got a little too, like, um, it got a little bit too into its own head. Yeah, Earthworld. It's 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 fun. It's cute. It's a comment directly on uh, role playing games. Um, oh, and it's it's really he he just he he did this thing where it was like between stories he started writing just chunk after chunk after chunk of text. Like he he stopped doing the comic and just started writing prose, I guess. And I I was like, can't do it. <laughs> yeah, if I'm reading if I'm reading words. It's gonna be something <laughs> snooty, you know. If I want to look at pictures. Yeah. Uh, Monica said that it's Logan at Logan Jubilee's birthday today. So happy birthday. Happy birthday, all these Aries. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Michael Binhock doesn't like horror movies, and he said that he spent most of uh, Event Horizon uh, under the ho- under his hoodie. I think Event Horizon was good. I, it was, speaking I, of the Lawrence guy Fishburne. who wrote that is actually uh, has, has been a dungeon master for me. <laughs> He's a friend. We've played D&D together. Oh, we also played together when he was a, um, a player. He's a very good D&D player. He's, he's, is he a good he, DM? He commits. His DMing is not as strong as his role-playing. He's a little too liberal. Uh, in, the, in the group that I was in, he definitely needed to crack the whip on a couple of, um, on a couple of errant players, and he, he, he failed to corral that, and it sort of fell apart. But a uh, very good role-player. Nice. I would love to have him. Any game. I still want to watch one of these. Um, have you ever wrote? Have you, you've done it though, right? No, no. no I, really? I I bought all the books when I was a kid, but I. I oh would, my god! Yeah. Oh my god! I, you know, we need to start a new podcast. That is, that is well, we're gonna do we're gonna do that one role playing game uh, that we talked about. Um, so we'll we'll play that. 
Um, right. And we'll we'll start there and see where we, where we get to. Um, fiasco. Uh, Keegan recommends Curvy as a um, as a web comic. He says Earth World is yeah, okay, it but it gets boring. Yeah, that is it. Unfortunately, you say that nobody's ever going to read it. But just like life, no, just start early and stop. Yeah, you just have to. Yeah, he just. Why would you? He he does drone a bit. So, uh, by the way, I want to thank everybody who donated um, to the Indiegogo campaign. We closed yesterday, and oh, yeah, and so how we're much gonna, did we make? Uh, a, a bunch. I don't know. Um, Income. Uh, yes. Yeah, so we're gonna so foreign. We're gonna state. start working on the T-shirts. We'll get those photos out to everybody who committed for that. And thank you guys so much. It means an incredible amount. We have many more shouts out to give out. Um, and I just. Uh, yeah, we are so grateful, and we're gonna um, we're, we're using that money for to good effort, paying off all this equipment that we have, and then we're gonna with uh, get all the rewards out to you, and then with whatever's left over, we're gonna try to do something fun. I want to go to Las Vegas and live podcast from Las Vegas. Moving right along. Speaking of, I watched the Muppet movie about a week ago. And it was amazing. I never really had the complete soundtrack. I just had like a couple songs here and there that I had on a mixtape. <laughs> oh, wait. So you saw the original Muppet yeah, movie? Yeah, the original. Not the not new the, one. Not the new one. No, the original. Okay. God damn, that movie is good. And um, and uh, and I found out that, uh, that I'm going to go back there someday is on the original soundtrack. So for my birthday, I treated myself to actually buying the complete soundtrack of the Muppet movie because it's something that I what, what, what song is on? I'm going to go back there someday. Keep going. The song that, that uh, Bill and I are both crazy about. Uh, nice. So how do you... I'm, I'm trying to, to develop more, better habits in terms of just... In, life? In life. life? Do you have a you. good recommendation for that? Uh, yeah. If you go to Habit RPG... <laughs> Go on. Have you seen this? It's this um it's this application uh where you you put down like your life goals and stuff and it treats it like it's an RPG like your life is like an RPG. And so you um like you level up if you get all of your stuff, if you don't then you take knocks and you can get uh you can get weapons and armor to Wait, to- wait. So you have to create like a character sheet for yourself for your sort habits? Sort of. Sort of. You, um, you, 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 you get what habits you want to do, like taking the stairs instead of taking the elevator, and you get to like give yourself a, 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 a bump when you actually take the stairs, and you knock yourself when you take the elevator. Or you have dailies, like things that you want to do every day. Like if you wanted to, um, I don't know, like read for 15 minutes every day, then you put that on there, and if you, if you do it, then you check it off. And if it's not checked off by the end of the day, then it'll knock you down points. And you have a to-do list, which just sits there and waits for you to, like, you know you have to do it uh it'll just sit there until you do it and then you check it off and you get a, a huge uh, and, you get a bonus and what did and so you do it for just all good habits or, or? All good habits and bad habits like you can put so you, like, okay. a bad habit down and uh-huh. have no positive for it like you know eating fast food and every time you do it you knock yourself for eating and have, have you have you done it yeah and did it work yeah it's a lot of fun and do you still keep it going I'm on a break because of the uh, illness. <laughs> um, I can't. I can't do a whole lot of the things that I um, wanted to, to 
do because it's it's throwing everything off. But um, such as eat eat a bag of peanut M and M's every day. I just can't do that anymore <laughs> you for know, my health. And drink big. a bottle of Jameson. Yeah. I just can't. Yeah. You know, aim, I can't live up to my goals like I like I could before. <laughs> that seems like it would be a tough habit. But bottle you know, of Jameson every yeah. day. Yeah, I think it might kill you. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it would kill me within a week. Or probably less. It might kill me the first day. <laughs> I, I'll bet William Fuckner drank a yeah, William good Fuckner bottle of drank a lot while killing babies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My darling. Um, so let us know if you have a good recommendation for, for how to form good habits or break bad habits. Um, on Reddit right now, there's something called the X effect. <laughs> oh, go on. Oh, Yako just made me laugh. What did he say? He said, uh, Muppet, Muppet mixtape, so gangsta. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's that's how Emily rolls. That's how I roll. She rolls hard. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you have recommendations, there's something on Reddit that's been sort of taking off called the X effect. Trending? Would you say it has been is that, trending? Is that what the kids are saying? I don't know. Does I just heard the word and wanted to use up, it. Up, up vote. Um, and basically the idea is that you take a, a, a card, an index card, okay. and you make a, a grid of six lines mm-hmm. and... Uh, um, up and down, side to side. So you have a seven by seven grid. Okay. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> it's early. Yeah. And, and then you, on the top, you write the, the habit that you're trying to form or break. And so it's, uh, say it's like exercise every day, mm-hmm. exercise for 10 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. So you, the idea is to, you start with something uh, doable. doable and small. And then when you do it, you put an X in it. And then you, that goal is to try to do it for 49 days in a row. Oh. And, so you, and then uh, so people, you, you put an X in it, and then, and then on the back of the card, you're supposed to write why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and you're, you're supposed to, you're not supposed to kill yourself if you miss a day, but, but the idea is... I actually think uh, seppuku is in the rules. If, if you miss one day. One day. One day. Seppuku. And then uh, take a picture, put it on Instagram. Right. Give Hannibal ideas for what to do next. <laughs> give Brian, what's his name? The writer for that. Um, so then people... And on Reddit, it's become sort of a support group of people like posting photos of their filled out cards and stuff oh, okay. like that. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm going to try. How much do you want to bet as soon as somebody checks off all 49 days, they go, whoo, I've done it. Now I can take a break tomorrow. Where's my Jameson's? Well, you know yeah. what? You can take a break, but then you can start up an, a new card. So new card. so you can have multiple cards going. Mm. And yeah, mm. it's, my, a friend of mine did it and said uh, it was really good. And she she's starting up her second card on writing 10 minutes a day. But she writes a ton, so I don't know why that's a that's a low a low bar. Yeah, yeah. But still, she, I need ten minutes to stare blankly at, at a blank page before I can even start writing. <laughs> like, uh, like ten minutes, ten minutes, you'd maybe get thirteen words out of me in ten minutes. I, I just, I. But I, do you get on rolls though, where all of a sudden, like, like it's in the middle of the night and you have ten pages and you're like, oh my god, I just did that. I haven't in a while. I haven't. How is your novel coming? Haven't in a while. Haven't <laughs> in a couple weeks. Yeah. Oh, that's well. Uh, I have a lot of. I, I got hit with a lot of uh, very distracting stuff uh, recently. Um, regret to say. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and 
what with your vertigo. Yeah. Uh, so just so everybody knows that I'm on completely on top of the sound grid, uh, the sound effects. So I want to add this. Was that half hour late? That, that was yeah. That's minutes. for top of the hour. Um, give me a sec here. I'm going to uh, pull up something. So, do you mind vamping? Uh, Marty's pulling something up. So just hold on. It's gonna be good. At least it better be. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to dip into the mail sack. There we go. Mail sack, mail sack. I want to get my hands on that mail sack. Yeah, that was great. Oh, somebody's getting something from... Is that AT&T? It's my, yeah. <laughs> uh, you need a better ring. I know. That. I've had it for years, and I'm just way too lazy to figure out how to I do it. I just think it's a, it sounds like a commercial nice. to me. Uh, Drake Bailey writes in, Hello, uh, once again, Murps. On the first Saturday in May, which is, a.k.a., do you know what that is? Uh, a bunch of listeners are like, yeah, we know what it is. Now they're, tri- they're tripping out. The first Saturday in May? In May. Nope. Is uh, Free Comic Book Day. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm never free on that day. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I forget. Drake writes in and says, I... Um, he says, on Free Comic Book Day, I go to my local video game and comic store with a couple of uh, guys from school and to dress up as superheroes and sign autographs and take pictures for kids. Aww, Isn't so that sweet. awesome? That's that sweet. is fantastic. He's from Arkansas, and he is a student. I want to know who he dresses up I know, as. yeah. That's the question. Drake, let us know who, what, what you dress up in as, I'm guessing, Captain Planet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, he wants to know what we're we're gonna do for free comic book day. I that that weekend is almost always really busy for me. I think because it's like the first weekend in May, so in in California, it, it like it's a really fucking lovely weekend generally because uh-huh. it's spring, and so it's not you're not in the, the burning, killing, murderous heat yet. But it's really, really, really warm and beautiful. Right. So I think I, that's the day where there's generally a lot of pool parties. I have a comic book store across the street from me, so I'll probably go there. So you do, the little red one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will go there, take a comic book, and leave. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm going to do on free comic book day. (laughs) I'm going to do what they tell me. Uh, It's like, I'm I'm so, like, when it comes to comic books, I'm so just doomed. I'm in. I've I've drank the Kool-Aid. Like... I don't need a free bump, sort of. You right. Know? It's like yeah. I'm going to end up with it all anyway. I, I love that it exists. I think oh, it's, I do it's too. such a great yeah. thing. And they, they always put a big sign up out there, and it's, you know, you see kids coming in. And it's a good way to get rid of excess stock, too. Yeah. So yeah. I'm all for it. And it was whoever invented it. I'm sure Darren will let us know who invented Free Comic Book Day. Um, it's a, a genius idea. Yeah. So. Yeah, but they always, like, I also feel like they always, like, we're not going to give you the comic books that we know you really want. You know? <laughs> right, right. They're like, you're like, you Captain this. Planet 54. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Seriously? Um, I didn't read the first 53. I'm going to be totally lost. And they're always the ones that, that end up, like, for me, I have everything's in bags and boards, and then I have those comic books that I just stare at, and I go, why do I have this? Like, this is what I'm going to use when I'm homeless to line my cardboard box, you yeah. know? like I... I 
say uh, I'm just like, oh, I can give this to my nieces. <laughs> like, oh, like, I'm generous. God. I gave you a free comic book. Uh, Drake, thank you for that email. And also, that is so awesome that you go and sign autographs for kids. That yeah, is, that that is, is the cool. coolest. Uh, that is cool. And then, if I could stand children, I would do that. Yeah, I can't stand them. Really? Yeah. Not even for a little bit in small doses. For a little bit, I can stand them. But here's uh, so there was this kid when I was in uh, I was in this show last year that had children in it, and uh, there's this one kid who was just so sweet and so uh, generous and lovely and um, gregarious and fun. Every single time he'd see me, he'd come running from God knows how far away and just throw himself into my arms and hug me because he was he just thought I was the best and he just loved me and just wanted to sit and chat all the time. I would say by the first month of the run, I just couldn't stand it anymore. <laughs> I just could not stand it anymore, and I would hide behind people. That I just I, like I terrible. I know I'm a terrible, terrible person, but I'm I'm you know when I was a kid, I wasn't fun and i've never ever been delightful <laughs> nonsense bite never, your tongue ever been delightful every when tuesday morning kid, you are I delightful kid, i was like stop playing grow up you know <laughs> leave me like, alone the parents are talking and i would like i remember at like barbecues i'd go and sit with my mom because i'd be like you are the only people here that are not just irritating me <laughs> I think we're getting somewhere uh, yeah. in our sessions. Yeah, uh, we've, yeah. We've, we've finally <laughs> uncovered valuable information. Yeah. Uh, the next email is from... I, I'm in the show right now, and there are two kids in it. And like, I just... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know whether how I feel about them yet. What they, they're, it's, I think it's got to be weird to be surrounded by adults and you're just like a kid. Oh, I loved it when I was a kid. When I was uh, 13, I guess that's yeah, yeah, that's still a kid. But when I was 13, I was um I was in uh I was in uh, the Secret Garden. Oh. I was Mary Lennox in the Secret Garden and there was only one other boy my age and he was he was luckily he was a really good kid. Like I loved. I was so it was like I would get out of school with all the other 13-year-olds and be like, "Oh, thank God that's over. I'm going to go hang out with the grown-ups." <laughs> And I can relax. That's funny. Kids are just so fucking demanding of your of your energy. Uh, they yeah. can be, yeah, yeah. My nieces are pretty awesome, I have to say. That's cool. Um, Archie Goodwin, who's uh, listening, I think right now, says, "Hey, Murps, as always, love the show. You have no idea how cool it is to hear my email on air or have Bill favorite one of my tweets. Oh, well, you guys kick ass. Thank you, yeah. thank you, Archie." Um, I know you were talking about music last episode, and I wondered if you have any favorite songs to sing in karaoke. Mine are Better Together by Jack Johnson, California Love by Tupac and Dre, and Turn the Page by Bob Seger. That's a, that's oh, an, a big, huge... That's uh, a broad range. Yeah. Well done, Archie. I love Turn the Page. How does it go? It's a, a, here I am on the road again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here I am. Stay. Emily has the most delightful smile as she's singing oh, this. I love that song. Unfortunately, I'm only really familiar with the Metallica version because I only know about it because my brother listened to Metallica constantly when I was growing up. But the, I think the original version is better. It's it's really good. Uh, so, what is your go? Do you have a go to karaoke song? If if I, I really don't care for karaoke, I have to be incredibly drunk. I will sing on the radio with the drop of a hat, well, but we're, we're when not. it comes to karaoke, I just can't do it. It's, uh, I, I'll usually, my safety net is uh, Walking After Midnight, Pacify. Oh, I 
go walk in mm-hmm. after midnight. Um, I'd like to go up and do like the Game of Thrones scenes or something. Just like get up on the mic and start going. You have to put words to it. <laughs> bananas in pajamas. They're bananas in pajamas. <laughs> gonna fuck my younger sister and kill yeah. my dad too. Yeah. <laughs> you mean not nonsense. Yeah. Um, I think that would be great. Yeah. I well, do you do karaoke in a have have you done it like in a karaoke bar or if you do what they called the noribang where you, you're in a room? Yeah, I've right. only done the bar, but I have a friend who's Japanese who's trying to get us to go into the you know, into the room. It, naughty, that can be really noribang. <laughs> noribang. Noribang. <laughs> noribang. Noribang. Uh, it's it's really fun because you can you you don't have to worry about strangers. Yeah. Well, the other thing is in Los Angeles, like there are like the people who think they can make it in a lot of people who think they can make it as singers come out here. Yeah. And so you get a lot of amazing people in karaoke bars that yes. have just these, you know, wonderfully trained voices. And then you get up there and you go, I go, I walk in. <laughs> you know? But you have a very good voice as we just heard. Uh, so Dan, uh, he, he loves karaoke and he goes, Oh, Dan. Yes. He's and his go to song is Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Uh, but the last time he did um, "Live and Let Die," he's that's a good oh, that's one a of good his favorite. One. That's a good one for karaoke. I, I think car- picking songs for karaoke is very difficult because, like, if I have to hear "Love Shack" ever again, ah. I will shoot whoever's holding the mic. And ah. same as like "American Pie," like it's ah. it's a very familiar song, but it's like seven minutes long and it's not fun to listen to. You also don't want to get a song uh, that has a, a huge like uh, instrumental what do you call it? There's like, yes. There's like that huge break where it's just the, like no singing it's just the instruments playing because then you're all just listen- then you're really in effect just listening to a CD together. Well you know? it's funny one of my favorites is to do uh, War Pigs um, the Black Sabbath song. Oh. You know? There's also a um, Faith No More. War Pigs. Oh. Uh, oh, I didn't know you were a Faith No More fan. I'm not really, but I, I saw love them in high Mike school. Um, I put up with Faith No More because I like Mike Patton. Did you, did you listen to Imperial Bedroom? Mm-mm. Oh, isn't it? that's one of the guys from Faith No More, I think, isn't that? Um, but so War Pigs has like a 30 uh, bar like s- solo in there. Oh no! And at that point, you have to entertain the crowd. So I might be talking. I might be walking around. <laughs> what are you? Do you do in karaoke yeah. when you have it when you have the, the instrumental? Yeah, you, I end up talking, solos. you know, or yeah, maybe talking. I'll start doing a little stand up. Yeah, he's like, yeah. <laughs> hey, tip your waitress. You yeah, Chicago. Wow, oh, that's a wacky town. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but it is a really fun <laughs> song to sing in karaoke, and I, "Born to Run" is a good one. Um, oh, I really always kind of wanted to do We Care A Lot, that Faith No More song, oh, yeah. just because I got to thinking about it. But We Care A Lot is probably a really good karaoke song. I don't think it's uh, probably available on karaoke. Oh, but man, it's so good, because you can just get the whole audience. We care a lot. We care a lot. It's a good one. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe I'll do that for Covers Party. Oh, do it. That's a good song. Oh, my God. That's an awesome song. Okay. Yeah. That was before Mike Patton. Oh, really? Yeah, they managed to make an awesome song pre-Mike Patton. I don't know how they did it. I wonder, are people listening? <laughs> no. 
Um, <laughs> I feel like people are like, wow, they're just talking. Yeah. <laughs> like they all just, they all just woke up and they were like, why are they, why aren't they yelling at each other? Why aren't they cutting each, Why aren't they interrupting each other? Why am I listening to this shit? Where's just, oh, eavesdrop this, at a restaurant. It'd be just as interesting. Yeah, this is, seems mildly pleasant. Like this yeah. is, this is ridiculous. I didn't pay good money for on my Indiegogo for, for to, listen <laughs> to listen to this, to this shit. Blather. Oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> Our apologies. Bill will Sorry, be back next week. Yeah, Bill will be here to keep us in line with keep keep all this cheerfulness in order. <laughs> Jonah Wilson writes in and says, um, hello Merps. Loving the show uh recently. Glad recently. recently. Earlier before Since um, Bill's not here? No, well so glad to have Steve he back is what show. he says. Uh also a couple of weeks ago during the sign off, the mics were still on, so we listened. <laughs> Oh no! We listeners were able to hear about Emily's tire troubles. I hope that got fixed. Did that get fixed? Did Bill fix I'm it for so you? I'm sorry, you all do. No, that's on me. That's my fault. I'm going to make um, sure to turn off the mics. Uh, I still don't know what's going on with the tires. I need to. Uh, I think I, I. They're fine. Yes, it's fine. Uh, it's not getting into it. Not to repeat that obnoxious uh, interlude. Yes. Um, it's all fine. So he goes on to say, after at the end of this month, after three and a half years abroad, I'll be um, repatriating to my humble Hoosier home. Hmm. Uh, where are you? You didn't tell us where you are. Uh, I'm wondering uh, about all the foods and uniquely American experiences I can have upon returning to the U.S. My question to you all is... Um, Assuming you are all away from America for an extended period of time, what's the first thing you'd be uh, look you'd be most looking forward to upon your return? Thanks for all the weekly dose of Tuesday awesomeness, Jonah W. Uh, I think everything being really recognizable and easily uh, comprehended. <laughs> and he's probably talking about something like tangible. something that yes. Um, Honestly, like the food is a big one. I, yes. I, I think food the is The Taco huge. Bell breakfast menu yeah. is something that you should come back to and you should get a waffle taco because <gasps> what says more America than like Combining scrambled eggs, it. sausage, and a w- waffle taco shell? And also putting together foods that don't make sense. Don't make sense, in yes. A, in, a, in a configuration that makes even less sense. Yes, and, <laughs> and looks like a, just a turd on a plate. Yeah. <laughs> America. Love it or leave it. Um, yeah, I, I, get, I don't know what I, I, I love. I've never been abroad for more than a month. Yeah, me too. Uh, or it's been like. I think it's yeah. probably like you have to actually be abroad to know what you'd miss. You know. Yeah. So yeah, you tell. Like we're, you we're should taking let us it know. for granted right now. Tell what, us what we're taking for granted. Yeah. Tell us what you miss most. Like, uh, I don't. I mean, I eat lots of fast food, but. Mostly out of convenience and shame and not out of any joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, as far as that, like, I think there's, um, I'm trying to think of the conveniences, like being in Europe, like, I love, like, wherever I go, I I find a way to love where I am. Yeah, but it also, you can, like, endure things because you know you're not going to be there very long. That's true. Yeah. I, I spent a month in New Zealand and I, I guess I just missed... And it was just by myself. So I, I guess I miss people, like friends. I think that's what it would be. It'd be Probably friends. friends yeah. 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 I was in India for a month and I thought, uh, I thought the food was going to kill me. And it, it, it did, because like I went to Mexico. And when I went to Mexico, I was, 
for some reason, I just was really distressed that I didn't recognize any of the food. And when I say recognize, I mean, like, my stomach got it and was like, what do I do with this? Like, what is this thing you've given me? What am I supposed to it, make of this? Is it nutritious? Yeah, like, are there, are there, am I supposed to break this down? A what? Or, 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 is this a quiz? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Food or not food? Yeah. Food? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, oh, and then, uh, like, last week, a friend of mine took me to this, just this um, Latin American restaurant. And it was, it was, you know, it was nothing terribly bizarre, but it, I had that exact same experience where I was just sort of like, do I eat, do, am I supposed to eat this part? I remember the first time I had a tamale, you know how they're wrapped in corn husks? Mm-hmm. And you I, tried to eat I the corn husk. I ate the corn husk, because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> and I was just like... This is so uncomfortable. I'm just I don't a simple know. girl from Colorado. I, know. <laughs> I, know. I just eat I know. steaks. And-, and I did all right in India, but the thing is in India, when you eat anything in America that's Indian food, if it's not spicy, they've, they've, um, they've jury-rigged it some, some way, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so when you go to India and you say, I don't want it to be spicy, they just blink at you. Because it's like, basically what you're saying to them is, I've ordered spice, but I don't want it to be spicy. Right. I don't want food. Yeah. <laughs> just... I've ordered food, but I don't want it to be eaty. You know? <laughs> right. So then they just give you rice. Yeah. Rice and naan. And like, go to town, lady. Yeah. So eventually my stomach rebelled against all the spice. Oh, really? Um, yeah. To this day, you don't care for the spice? I... I my stomach's just, I'm so Irish. So if it's like spicier than, a, than, a, a, than a potato, yeah. I, I, then my stomach does that thing where it goes, what is this? Uh, um, so, I, yeah, I did get food in almost every instance has become a major factor of, of God, I got to get back to, right. to where it's normal. So, yeah, so you, you miss the Wonder Bread. Is what you'd be like, yeah. you come home. Like, yeah. And potatoes. Potatoes. Yeah. But it's so weird because it's like food in other parts of the world just tastes different. And it's sort of, it's just uncanny. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, even also a lot of the stuff is raised differently. Well, in India, everything tasted so much better. Like that was the major difference. So I was a little alarmed. I was like, this milk actually tastes like healthful life. Actually, being in New Zealand, which is a huge agrarian country, the the milk there was the best I've ever had. Oh my God. If you've never tasted milk, if if you're an American and you only had American milk, you've never actually tasted Or eggs is the other one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, oh my God. I remember the first time I had eggs from, like in India, you like, you meet the animal that, the products come from like I met the chicken whose eggs I ate and, and I met the cow whose you milk shook, I drank you shook its wing I said, shook its thank wing. you I so said, much for laying that delicious said, breakfast good job young lady good yes. job I said uh, uh, so it's it, everything is so much fresher and better and things actually have flavor well I want to know it's where where uh, you were from um, so let us know yeah tell us yes. where you are yeah let us know Jenna where you're coming from and what you're going to miss the most. Yes, tell us. Um, and then, let's see, Tyson writes in and says his go-tos are night and day, the Sinatra virgi- version, which mm. I have to say is a little, a lot slower than, say, the Ella Fitzgerald version. Oh, um, yeah. But it's a, it's a great song. And uh, Cole Porter went to Yale. Um, Space Oddity, <laughs> which is great. And I love that the Canadian astronaut's version of that. Uh, and then I am I said, which is a great, great, great I don't song. Know what that is. It's um, uh, what you know, uh, New York City. What no? Um, 
LA's fine, the sun shines most of the time, but the feeling's laid back. Palm trees grow and rents are low, but you know I keep thinking about making my way back. It sounds I'm like New York opera. City, born and raised, but... Oh, this shit. sounds like expiratory opera. It, it really is. It's a, <laughs> Exposition it's opera. It's a hilarious... It's a, it, it's a Neil Diamond song, and the, the, oh, okay. the chorus is, I, I am, I said, to no one there, and uh, no one heard at all, not even the chair. Oh, so, like, God, he, really he's like, what? Yeah. And he he's like, what rhymes with uh, care? Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's looking around the room. Uh, chair. Chair. Hey. Not even the chair. Well, hey, that kind of works. Yeah, but it's a great song, and I, it's a great karaoke song. Most Neil Diamond is because it is cheesy, cheesy, yeah. and uh, it's a, it's a very fun song. Um, and then Darren says that South Park did a did put lyrics to Game of Thrones. It was just Wiener over and over. Can you give us a little bit of that? How that? How would it sound? It's not as good as bananas and pajamas, <laughs> which is what we say. Um, this next email is from Chris Brown in Saskatoon. Christopher Brown. Working the grill, grilling the work. Uh, firstly, I'm curious if. Emily is still recording audiobooks. If she was doing full books or just chapters, and she said she was doing Welsh books, uh, Irvine Welsh books, which one? Uh, he is one of my favorite authors. I love audiobooks, so it's, it, it'd be cool to hear her version. Um, I am still recording audiobooks. I just got a really incredible microphone. Um, it's a blue mic. Uh, that oh, yeah. They're pretty. Yeah. Set it up. I haven't set it up yet. As I mentioned, there's been some setbacks. Uh, but I'm going to set it up. I haven't actually been recording audiobooks. I've been auditioning for audiobooks. And because my microphone that I had before was real rubbish, um, I, I have a better chance now of actually getting paid to do it <laughs> and do an actual audiobook. Um, and then the Irv Welsh that I did, it wasn't professional. It was just a, um, a sample, like just sort of like a, a recorded audition just to show that I could do a really nasty Glaswegian accent. And I did, uh, I did the, um, it's at the end of train spotting. <laughs> uh, it's called, what is it called? Dining out. Uh-huh. It's the story about the, the girl in the restaurant who gets a really nasty bunch of diners uh-huh. and uh, starts doing terrible things to their food uh-huh. in vengeance. Cause they're a bunch of assholes, assholes who, yeah, are, yeah. who are sexist and, how is the Glaswegian accent different from the Edinburgh accent? Uh, Glaswegian is a lot. It's a lot broader. It's and it's a lot. Uh, it's I just a lot got more chills up my spine. To, it's 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 really it's much difficult to understand. Whereas the Edinburgh almost sounds. It sounds classy. The Edinburgh sounds classy. Glaswegian is really working class. Okay. I haven't done it in a while. It's a bit rusty. No, um, I'm impressed. It uh, sounds it sounds kind of Welsh to me. Like the Welsh and Glaswegian sound really. Welsh is is crazy weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. And have you spent time in Glasgow? Glasgow? No, I haven't. I've only ever been, as far as the British Isles go, I've only ever been to uh, England. And uh-huh. Just London. Uh-huh. Uh, and I would love, I would, if I don't, <laughs> knock on wood, if I don't get any uh, odd, uh, theater this summer, which I hope to God I do, I might uh, travel. I might just take the last of my savings, travel, and then... Commit seppuku. <laughs> Bite your tongue. Yeah. Uh, and you can go to, to the, the whales, the fish with the biggest dick. 
What are you talking about? The whales. The fish with the biggest dick. That's an Ollie G thing. Okay. okay. Um, I knew it was a reference at some point. Uh, secondly, last night, this is still Chris Brown, while hanging out with my best friend, uh, she got a call that her boyfriend had spilt hot pudding on his hand and scalded himself. So we went to help him and took him to the ER. It was all a little ridiculous, but we learned that this guy um, is awful in an emergency situation. Does knowledge of this thing affect how you view a partner and should, uh, should you know it before taking the next steps in relationships? That's a really interesting... That's a good question. It's a very good That's question. That's a very good question. And when you date somebody, you... You, you don't see that. You don't see, yeah. And not just emergency, in just any st- high stress situation, you don't know if they're going to lose their shit. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, like your boyfriend's just like, uh, you know, pushes you in front of the <laughs> the, the charging bus. Like, right. oh, take her first. I think, I think, I hate to say this, um, but as a woman, I am very, very freaking basic. And it's a little bit embarrassing how freaking... Um, uh, how freaking uh, uh, like primal I am in sort of like my what I seek in a mate, you know? <laughs> like right. I want to be, I want to be advanced and say no, no. I want a man who's like intelligent and sensitive. No, I want a guy. <laughs> like I want someone who will protect me yeah, yeah. and can like lead the family and be like I, you know, hunt and gather and. Uh, provide provide and it's it's so genetic um but yeah so being really good in an emergency is definitely something i look for right so do you just create little emergencies to to test your maybe i should maybe i shall yeah just like oh look at the this fire started i don't know how yeah (laughs) everything's on burning fire oh no oh no do something oh Oh. yeah (laughs) and then like first date he comes into my house why is this charred no reason you'll find out later. <laughs> uh, that's a third date thing yeah, so third date thing. you'll figure it out yeah you'll see you'll see how it goes let's start with opening the door for me first uh, um yeah that's a really good question and it's something i i don't you say it's like you feel guilty about admitting it but that's like the, the social world we live in you know it is and I, it isn't like i you know I find uh, a well, woman who's can provide very attractive, yeah, that, and it's that's, yeah. certainly it's the way it's turning. Is men don't want to be sort of uh, ancestral man anymore, archetypal uh, male. Yeah, the, uh, but well, I I, I, I wish I were that more able to provide. You know, because mm-hmm. I think that does inevitably that's a part of how we perceive long term relationships, whether it can sustain itself. Mm-hmm. Beyond just something that's emotional, and mm-hmm. so yeah, Chris, I think you're absolutely right. Your friend should question what yeah. she's doing with a whiny crybaby. I, I don't know how he was, but right, we don't but, know what the problem was. Yeah, but he did but... spill pudding on his hand and <laughs> has to go to the emergency room. So right off the bat, you're just like, huh, pudding yeah. and emergency room, <laughs> and not dealing with emergencies well. Yeah. Uh, um, let's see. Train spotting is set in Edinburgh. In Edinburgh, I believe uh, I learned the Glaswegian. I could be entirely wrong because I am just fucking ignorant. Uh, well, but I believe uh, uh, Ewan McGregor is Glaswegian and did it in his own accent, and uh-huh. that's where I got the. And it was very working I, class. I learned it. I learned it from Ewan McGregor. Uh, you could you could Google that and see how freaking wrong I am. Um, oh, keep talking. 
Oh. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sure somebody... We'll just... just We don't need to look it up. What are you talking about? Darren's going to have it in, a, in, in, in T minus 15 seconds here. He was born in Perth, Scotland. Ah, wrong again. I don't know where that is. God, where did I get the Glaswegian from? I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. Um... So, yes, that's the mail sack. Thanks, Chris. That was an awesome question. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, I'm sure if Bill were here... Oh, my God. If Bill were here, can you just imagine the way Bill would be going off about gender roles? Going, oh, yeah, yeah. Bill just goes off about gender roles. And, and he's so... I don't want people to expect me to like be able to do things. Like If I am like got my hand burned, then I don't want people to like expect me to be Superman. Come on! <laughs> Take care of your own shit. <laughs> yeah, there's something... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he, how he would rant. It would, but it would be something angry. And but it would be something <laughs> totally angry about being in. You know. We don't live like there's not a dinosaur gonna come kill me. Why do I have to suddenly be great in all of these situations all the time? Why do I have to be good at everything? <laughs> come on! <laughs> Shut up, Marty. <laughs> all right, Keegan says, "Oh, Cole Porter." Went- I love you, Bill. I love you so much. <laughs> I'm going to pull that clip and just send it to him because <laughs> he won't listen to the first part of it. For <laughs> yeah. Sure. He has been listening though. He's been, he's been tweeting in. Yes. Well, I don't think he's listening. Well, oh yeah. Yeah. He's um, just abusing us. Keegan around. says, Cole Porter went to Yale. How pretentiousing. Um, oh, we got to bring pretentiousing back. Yes. Yes. Uh, we just did. That is, that is our, that's my favorite trope. Yes. Uh, and then uh, Lou said, posted a guide on YouTube for uh, British accents. Yeah. Good. Um, and then uh, Amy Elizabeth jumped onto the stream. Yay, welcome, Amy. And then, um, but, and Keegan it said, stated the obvious that I'm just looking for oh, that sugar, sugar mama. Yep. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So, any sugar mamas listening, <laughs> I'm, I have my own personal Indiegogo for life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just send in your contributions. And for me, um, PR. Uh, Publicists. Publicists, <laughs> right. send your submission. Right. Chris Evans as publicist with uh, British yeah. accents. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Um, I think we're good for today. Uh, do you Is that have... it? Really? We don't have anything else? Well, no, we got 10 minutes, okay, Marty. Right, we right. can't sell people short. Right. Sorry, sorry. People time. have put in, put in good money for this. Money. Um, good, good money. And I don't want to have to go on with the rest of my day. So um, entertain me, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tap dancing right now. Yeah, you should see it. Radio Land. Uh, wait, so are, there, are you a Game of Thrones person? Have you read the books? I actually am listening to uh, the audiobooks at a very, very, very slow rate of speed. At this rate of speed, I will not be finished with the series by the time that I die, which will, of course, be after I've blown all of my money traveling through Europe. <laughs> but then you've got to save a little money for that short, for that short samurai uh, sword for your seppuku. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Don't, right. don't waste it all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, yes, I, I will watch it. I will. But you haven't seen any of them? Uh, I've seen all. Oh, you have? Okay. Yeah. So you, okay. Except for the most recent. Yeah. Uh, and any other television that you're watching? Uh, let me think. 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 No, I'm not. Nope. Just... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is... The, that is not good podcast. I am actually working my way through uh, Battlestar Galactica with a friend of mine. Um, and... Uh, it's really great watching it again, knowing 
how everything pans out. I'm not really excited about the Battlestar Galactica movie. Somebody yeah, tweeted in asking us about um, that. I'm not because they did it. Uh, they, I think they did it. Oh, Michael. They, they sort of, you know, they, it was perfect. Like the television show was perfect. Just leave. And I'm not really entirely sure that everything is going to go well. Did, did the series end uh, with finality? Yes. And, oh, yeah. And so... Like, it's done. And then I watched Caprica, which was going back in time. It was a prequel to uh-huh. Battlestar Galactica. It just didn't capture it. You know, it was like the, 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 the whole uh, setup of them being chased through space by people that are trying to kill them. That's And, you know, the scarcity conditions and people going crazy and sort of religious, spiritual awakening. Like, that was the story. And so it's like, the, you know, it's like it's, it's resolved. It's done. It's over. And so you don't need to... And it was perfect. Like, there's right, nothing right, that right. needs to be inserted or, or, you know, crowbarred in. It's like, just leave it. Right. Like, um, uh, the, Think of something new, people. Like Serenity. Um, is that what it was called? Yeah. Uh, that was... Like, that's something that fi- fans wanted. You right. know, they wanted right. some... Some closure and and just a, a gift, sort of, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if, like, I I really respect shows that uh, that are just like The Office. The Office is three seasons, two Christmas specials, done. I don't want the to English see the, the, yeah, yeah the UK Office, like, uh, and it, it's like it's perfect as it as that. Mm-hmm. I don't want any more. Um, I'd rather see something different and new. We have a bleeding franchise problem in right. America where it's like everybody's too afraid to do something new so they're going to you know, keep ringing out this, these old ideas. And it's, I'd much, much rather have a, uh, a concise story that was just what it needs to be instead of this. It's bleeding. It's like hemorrhaging. Uh, and well, which is nice uh, that there are things like American Horror Story and True Detective. Ours where, keeps starting over, right? Yeah. Where, where like that's why and, it's, I think it's such a great idea. Yeah, and so uh, I, I and also, frankly, these you know these uh, shows on on the the like uh, Netflix and you know there's mm-hmm. they're shorter seasons, they're fully told. And so somebody, I think it was um, Darren, who said that uh, right now the plan is for. Um, Hannibal to be seven seasons, like a whole seven season, like contained, and and it is crazy because it's all prequel, so we know right. that how it ends. We, yeah, we know that where everybody's going to end up. So well, it's the story of who is this? It's the story of um, Will Graham, who's the uh, he's played by I think Scott Glenn in the. Well, it's a uh, it, in Red Dragon, uh, the the first Hannibal Lecter book um which is manhunter in mm-hmm. the michael mann thing um it was played by uh ray fines was it no um i for, i forget the guy's name but as people are gonna yell at me but yeah. i don't care <laughs> i don't care deal with it <laughs> Love uh, them. it's been a correcty day yes uh so but he's like um a, an fbi agent who can read you know think like a serial killer and um and it's sort of so this is how he uh, works with Hannibal Lecter, mm. and because um, Hannibal Lecter is a psychiatrist, and so, and somehow every week somebody's getting killed. Like many people are getting killed and eviscerated and eaten. God, do you like, think somebody would catch on? You think it's somebody like seven seasons? Seriously? Yes. Like, that's like twenty-two episodes. That's whatever. A couple hundred like hours of like death. Like that's why Dexter sucked. Mm. 
Because, like, basically he killed half of South Beach. And, like... like nobody knew. Nobody knew. Nobody really we cared it out. that nobody much. Nobody looked into it. Yeah. So, uh, I'm... Yeah, I don't need to see the Battlestar Galactica movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least Battlestar Galactica doesn't have eviscerating and chopping up. And, and then... Uh, let's see. Lou said that... Uh, she is our sugar mama, but you're the sugar mama to the show, yeah. not me. Yeah. Me personally. Yeah, you're not paying his rent, Lou. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gonna not need a lot more money than that, but still, we are very grateful. Oh, yeah. Go on. Oh, uh, am I going on? Um, uh, Michael Binhack says, uh, Katie Sackhoff doesn't even know what she is in the end. And we can't talk about this because I don't want to spoil it, but I think it's pretty freaking obvious what she is in the end. The reason everybody has such a problem with Battlestar Galactica is that it's, it's sort of crossed, cross ideology is the, you know, it really is attractive to the science nerds and the people who like, uh, really well thought out, well detailed science fiction who are probably all atheists, right? And 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 all science worshippers, right? And critical thinkers, critical and- thinkers, very very unfanciful. And then they added a very 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 important spirituality element. And I feel like all the nerds are going like, "Well, I don't understand the story because it doesn't go the way I expect science fiction stories to go." And they don't think in the way of a sort of like religious mindset. And if you look at it with a religious mindset, it's all freaking obvious. Like, like, people, okay, like so, the spiritual thinkers watch it and go, oh, well, this is all a bit on the nose. Well, this is <laughs> several years old. So yeah. I think you can say what no, you think it is. No, I won't. Because I want people to watch. Because if you watch it and you don't know what's going on, it's amazing. And you really have to have, it's really lovely. Because the whole thing starts out with this very scientific mindset and then it sort of gracefully evolves into being uh very it starts out very cynical too about religion like at one point there's this one character constantly talking to this other character about god and it it comes off and i think intentionally so as really fucking obnoxious and heavy-handed like she keeps saying well you're you're disobeying the will of god and every word that comes out of her mouth is god 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 and you go shut up (laughs) shut up you are so fucking obnoxious and, like, all the, the character reacts that way, too. He's, like, because he's, like, a mega scientist. He's, like, shut up with this shit. And then it, it starts to really refine itself. Like, the, the spirituality and the religion starts to really refine itself and stop being obnoxious. And it starts to get very subtle and very, I, I don't hate to say it, but, like, realistic. Right, right, right. Like, it starts Nuanced to, and, Very yeah. nuanced, but very heartfelt and accessible. And right. I think you have to let it become accessible and the, and the story becomes very, very full because it kind of goes like from there's the, the very delicate science and spirituality balance and then they will keep evolving into each other, I think, is the story. Right. It's like that you will, we will become very technologically advanced, but that's a stopping point. And so then we become very spiritually advanced, but then we lose our grasp on that and it gets fucking obnoxious. And then the science comes back and it's like, but that, that's it's a, the story of evolution. It's like a story this, of real life. I mean, there's a constant yeah. battle. And I think, I think the, the science nerds got very, very irritated because it ended with the spirituality note, which does sort of give the impression that like spirituality trumps science a little bit, but that's right. not the story. Like if you look at the whole story, they have to, they have, have to, to come coexist. together. Yeah. And so as a viewer, you have to say, okay, I'm going to let the spiritual I, element I don't know if in. they have to come together. I just think that you have to accept that it's going to be out there, the spiritual. I think know. they have to come together. They have to come together. I think it's the same thing. 
I think it's the same thing. I think it's just different ways of perceiving it. Sure. Because science right. is all about discovering the unknown. Spirituality is all about accepting that we don't know things. They have to work together. Mm, I don't... I, it, no, I would say that spirituality is uh, attributing the unknown to something else. And like science is about embracing the unknown and trying to discover. I say spirituality is about accepting the un accepting it. I don't think I think that there's a mistake in spirituality that says that says the unknown is somewhere else and outside of me and I'm going to leave it and it's I'm going to rely on it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot about like if you if you ever listen to people talk about faith and grace who aren't obnoxious, it it's basically just trust that you don't know everything. It's basically I don't know everything right. and I I have the grace is accepting that you don't know everything and you can't see the future and the sort of relinquishing of, of being your, of taking control of it, you know? So it's like you, but so scientists, scientists have to do that in order to get a proper result. Scientists can't control. They have to be graceful and say, I'm going to set up this environment and I have to just see what happens and sort of embrace the unknown. They're both doing the same thing. Uh, fundamentally, and they're both trading off the sort of the unknown and then the discovery and then the unknown and then the discovery. But it is faith and a little bit of religion to say, I don't know, which scientists have, have to do. No, no, which, which uh, scientists enjoy doing. Uh, there's a, there's a, a physicist in, in uh, Arizona, and uh, there are a lot of theories about this, but he, he, his claim is that the, um, that the universe... That the laws of the universe are so specific, and he goes through each one of like you know how the way carbon acts and the way you know the way physics works. Mm-hmm. Gra- like the the rules of the universe are such that um, it, it can't like he says like he believes in the Big Bang and all that stuff, but he says like whoever created he he believes that an intelligence created the rules of the universe. Oh, I see. Because. Um, that's the only way that intelligent life could exist. You know, right, like on- sort of like, like evolution, like the fact that evolution works as well as it does. Right, right. That DNA is, is an unstable... Is the intelligent, is the intelligent right. design. So, right, exactly. So, and that's one way to look at it. But also then it, it, when you start assigning something like that, it, it shuts down the, the need for exploration. So if you right. think, if you say like, well, you know, gravity is the way it is because an intelligence created it. So we don't need to right. study it anymore. Right. And a scientist will say, well, why is it that way? And why, why does gravity, I mean, gravity is an amazing thing. And, and so then you, you continue on. You continue on and you, I, think, I think religion gets a bad rap because the loudest are usually the stupidest. <laughs> right. You know, like... Like, in science, as far as science goes, I feel like most of the time the, the loudest are the smartest. Right. You know? Um, but when it comes to religion, unfortunately, the loudest are the stupidest. And so when I try to make these sort of uh, arguments on behalf of spirituality, you know, people are always citing the fucking idiots who say stupid fucking shit like dinosaurs don't exist. Right. And, I mean, to me, that is sacrilegious to no, say no. dinosaurs no, don't exist. No, man walked with dinosaurs. That's that's what they're saying. But Well, either you can go either way, you know. <laughs> I am uh, in this... The, the stupidity is rampant. One of my props in this play is a Bible. And so when I'm not doing anything, I just flip through it. And it is the... I can't get paid past page two when it says, like, you know, Noah was 600 years old when the floods came. 
And I'm like, I'm out. Nothing you can say after this is going to, even if it's rings, it's heartfelt and it makes sense. I don't, you can't, if the foundation for your book is bullshit. I'm so sorry. I read Darren's tweet about Emily got the two backwards, religious is fixed and science moved. And my mind immediately went on so many rebuttals and and arguments that I wasn't even listening. What was it? What was his, what was his tweet? Well, his says, it sounded like Emily got those two backwards, religious is fixed, science is moved. I think that's another fallacy. Um, science, they both are fixed and moving. I mean, that's the way they both work. When you get pure religion and pure science, they will both come together and then break with discovery. That's how they both work. But I'm saying the, 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 the knowledge and discovery then has to be, has to be uh, weighed equal in parts with the grace, the unknowing, and right. the and the denying, or not the denying, but the, like, religion is saying what I believe to be true and what I see is not inherent reality. Okay. And my ability to comprehend inherent reality is limited. Therefore, I have to acknowledge uh, my limitation and have faith that there is an inherent reality outside of my understanding. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, people get bogged down when you talk about spirituality and religion. They get bog- bogged down in the Bible and the tenets of right, Christianity, right? Because there's blah, an, blah blah blah. If rules. you if you would, if but you, you can do the same thing with science. No, 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 yes, no. Yes, no. you can. No, no, but not good science. Like science. Look, that's what I'm saying. That's but, bad religion, okay, and but that's no, bad but, science. But the thing is, uh, much of Christianity is rooted in a book, and that book mm-hmm. is as written. It does it does not get rewritten. Science does get rewritten. Uh, no, 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 no. Because you, you're talking about spirituality as if no, no, it's limited saying, by I'm organized s- religion. Right, no. But see, I think that's what we're getting into two different things. Like, right. I'm talking about Christianity right. or Islam or right. any, any hard religion is... Mm-hmm. is organized it t- religion. Organi- religion yeah. and organized religion are two different things. Right, okay. Right. So, what I think you're talking... Yes, so you're talking about something else. But right, yeah, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about old dusty books. I'm talking about the inherent human spirituality. Right. Yeah. Which uh hogwash. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh on that note, I think uh we should we can keep talking about this if you want. Do, do, do. Uh, I think it's gotten a bit serious for um. This is ca- this is you know a comedy podcast. <laughs> this is a comedy podcast. <laughs> Maybe this isn't the uh, venue to have this conversation. <laughs> oh, I wish Bill were here. <laughs> I know. Except Bill would get into it because Bill, you know, um, he likes to get into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. See, like Darren makes the point. Like um, nobody has added anything new to the Bible in a thousand years. Uh, that's true. But I think yeah. what Emily's talking about is is uh spirituality and not uh, Christianity. And also people are adding new things to Christianity all the time. Well, people, are, people are making shit up when they get scared and using <laughs> the Bible to defend their fear. It's true. Um, yeah, I, it's like, I, I don't what have is, anything against religion. What does the Bible say about like stem cells and you know reproductive rights? It's in Nothing. there. It's well, in there, but it's in metaphor. That's the thing that drives you crazy yeah. is the Bible is all metaphor and you don't get to use it to make huge sweeping global comments. You don't get to, it's like a guidebook for your own inner journey. You don't get to tell other people what to do. Yes. Well, I think you have a very uh, broad and welcoming view of religion and spirituality, which a lot of people don't share. I think it needs to, I think we've got to break that open. I think it's like fucking seriously important that science and religion, like true science and true religion come together and get their shit together because they both have to be there. You have a completely unbalanced society 
when you are well, giving when, over all to one or the I don't, other. I don't know well, if science... If either are broken. I don't know if science needs spirituality. I yes, think, it does. Well, I seriously, I I just seriously think, think it does. Being able to... Like, good science, they... Like, is very f- fluid, and you're always questioning the unknown, and you're always and embracing your own ignorance. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's spiritual at all. I think I think that is the definition of spirituality. Uh, I think that is like what it is. Uh, okay, well then it's a semantic argument that we're having. It could be. It yeah. could very well be. Yeah. yeah. So let's agree to agree. It's sort of wonder and and knowledge have to go together. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. But I don't know if. Um, when I think of spirituality, I think of believing in believing in things that aren't necessarily there. Well, because when we think of spirituality, we're thinking of concrete things that we have to believe in. So, like, I have to believe that Zeus will strike me down. I have to believe in this figure right. in the clouds right. that is going to strike me down. But Zeus, like, it's really easy to see in the older pantheons. It's much clearer how they use the gods as representations of things they don't understand. They're not saying, right, right, I yeah, actually yeah, yeah, yeah. believe Olympus exists. Right, right. They're saying, I don't understand this mechanic. So it's I'm going to make up a story. Like <laughs> like, so, yeah, Apollo. So I'm use a story to illustrate my limited understanding of it. And by using a story and by not believing in these things as concrete, you do have a better understanding of it than you would if, if, if you actually tried to make it something concrete. It's yeah, but you have a false understanding. No, 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 no. It's, 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 it's before there was language, We're getting deep, people. there was, there was, there was a primordial understanding of, of, of things. It's the same thing as science. It's the same thing as science where it's like, I, I don't understand what this thing really inherently is, yeah, but I'm going to call it an electron. Right. But you don't make up stories about how electrons work. But, the, but yeah, okay, you, you, you don't think you do, but you do. <laughs> you do. To communicate the idea and, and through your own observations and understanding, is, which is limited. It's inherently limited. So you're right. going to say, here's a ball that's going around in what I call a circle around another ball right, of right. stuff. No, no, you, you, there's a way to conceptualize it. I, I agree. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that's what you're doing about things, you know, things about the human nature that you don't really understand. The things that science can't touch. Spirituality, ah. Um, it, to me, spirituality is just the leap that's so much further than what our material brains are capable of. But, I mean, I think in billions and trillions and gazillions of years, we will get there. But it's just, these things are so huge wow. beyond Emily's chakras, chakras are going crazy right now. You're, just, you're, you're on fire, Stockers? on fuego. Your ch- chakras. Chakras, oh. My, are, you, are you looking at my aura? Your aura is <laughs> blazing. Yeah. It's just like shooting off these like aura sol- solar flares. It's, it's just to talk to the parts of ourselves that don't understand what we like the subconscious and the superconscious that don't understand our, our, our symbols and our imagery. We have to find some way to pull them down to what we recognize as our personalities. And in so doing, we must use metaphors. Okay. Our, our conscious minds can grasp, yeah, yeah, yeah. can grasp mm-hmm. atoms and stuff much easier. Right. Because that's what our conscious mind used to, uh, like that's how our conscious mind understands the world is in molecules. But, there's so much more, is what I'm saying. There's so much more than molecules. This is a Deepak and, O'Hara. Um, I'll get off my soapbox. No, it's I'll... great. It's really good. I, I think it's awesome. Emily Rant. Doop. <laughs> doop, 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 doop. Emily Rant.
Dude. <laughs> uh, guys, uh, thank you once again. That was, for, that was a, your bonus minutes. Th- that yes. was your bonus 10 minutes of lather. We, um, we couldn't thank you more for, for making this Indiegogo campaign great and for listening and for, for contributing um, on the tweets and the email sacks. That's at Nooner Dan Marty, Nooner Podcast at gmail.com, at Emily O'Hara, at Stephen Kruger, at Marty U, at Bill Twatterson. And I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna correct him. It's Twatterson, <laughs> sir. We'll wait for. We'll wait for Darren. Darren will correct us. Yeah, Darren. Yeah, and thank you, Darren and Tyson, for keeping the the um, Tumblr page going. And please, please, if you enjoy it, uh, rate us on the iTunes. Tell a friend. Keep listening in. Fill our mail sack, and we will see you next, next Tuesday. Yeah, so how's how are your hemorrhoids doing, Emily? This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio.